all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And I'm Chad. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. You can follow us. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and TikTok at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. <laughs> write, that, write that down. <laughs> that's why write she. It down. That's why she does it. It's much better. <laughs> so if this episode come is starting to come off a little bit echoey or the audio is going to sound a little different. It'll be a little different. We've got a different setup, and it's going to be this way throughout the whole episode. Just so. turn us up. <laughs> yeah, just to give you a heads up. Oh, actually, we're clipping, so that's oh, okay. So maybe turn us down. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you do you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we have our special guest who we have teased for the uh, last couple of episodes. Yeah, we mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Not uh, you specifically. No. We just said we have a special guest okay. star. Yes. So everybody obviously knows what the topic is at this point because that's what you see before mm-hmm. you even click on it. But this is my cousin Chad and Chad... Why are you here? (laughs) Oh, do we want to talk about what we're drinking first? Well, I mean, now that... Now that I've interrupted. Please do, please do. (laughs) You just got right into it. I wasn't expecting it. Well, if I can start, (laughs) right? I'm drinking one of the... uh, It's definitely from one of the oldest breweries in all of North America. Eh? It is uh, the delicious and delightful Labatt Blue Light. Mm. Uh, Especially uh, made in Canada, you know. So Although some of it's made in Buffalo. Yes. So, <laughs> where uh, you know, as Chad's cousin, I grew up in the same area of him, of where he grew up. So there's a lot no, you're, of. Uh, you're Dave's cousin. Who did I say? You said Chad's, Chad's cousin. cousin. You are. Shit. You are. Chad. <laughs> That's good, Labatt said. Yes, it is. Well, I am drinking a North Carolina beer. <laughs> I am drinking uh, the Lemon Ginger Zombie. White ale from they have a, uh, Catawba. Yes, taste because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have a whole one because I know it will dry out my oh. mouth. And you have to me me me. You're the host today. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, there you go. So All before right, so. we were so rudely interrupted <laughs> by the female, <laughs> the girl, the girl. I'm the sorry. Girl. She does get most of the criticism, and that's. I wonder why. <laughs> so Chad, cousin Chad. Yes. <laughs> why? Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you here? Well, you know, I heard there was going to be some Labats and uh, a podcast, but a topic that uh, I can relate to directly as uh, attending Woodstock 99, mm-hmm. you know? So hey. I probably have a few memories left that I can recall on that uh, amazing weekend, and uh, I guess it was probably, was it July or August of 1999? It was July. Okay. So, yeah, that's why I'm here, Dave. I want to talk about some Woodstock 99 and give my perspective on the, uh, the yes. festival. As someone who was there. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, how how, uh, how old were you in July 1999? 
I didn't know there was going to be math involved. <laughs> uh, well, what year were you born? So that would be, uh, I was probably 21 years old uh, in 1999. Yeah. So, yes, I would have been 21. Yeah. Because your birthday is in January. January so. of that year, so you know, 78. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, I was legal. Like, it mattered there, though, right? You were also a, uh, a college attendant, a state yeah. university Yes, attendant. I was uh, one of the uh, lucky folks who... Uh, I went to school at SUNY Oswego, up there by Syracuse, New York, Central New York, and as fate would have it, Woodstock was being held at uh, what was it? Uh, the Air Force Base, Griffiths. Pope, Griffiths? No, Pope. What? No, mm. no, that's down here. Yeah, Pope yeah. is here. And uh, Rome, New York, which is right near Utica, which was luckily only about a 40, 45 minute. <laughs> I was going to say not even an hour away from Oswego, <laughs> so you know it was a no brainer. The second I heard it on. Uh, K-Rock, which is a Syracuse station there, like they had it advertised, and I think everybody in the house that I was living at that time... Because you were also what, in college? I was in a fraternity, yes, yes. but I was actually living, I wasn't living in a fraternity house, but yeah. The reason I asked you all of those questions and that you gave those certain answers, like... You could not have been like a better walking demographic. <laughs> oh, I know for the this exact, for this festival. Target. Why do you think I went? The exact person that they were looking for. <laughs> what fraternity oh, yeah. did you belong to? Sigma Tau Chi, which was a local one up in uh, only there in Oswego. So. Okay. Yeah, we were special. We were different. We were one of those different fraternities. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, different in the fact that you guys lived in a mansion like that. I'd yeah. never experienced before. Haunted, apparently. Oh, yeah, an old but, haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah. but still. Yeah, that's a mansion on the lake, nonetheless. That's not a lie. That's not a lie. Yep, good old house of blue. So, but where I I was saying, like that first advertisement on K Rock came on, which was probably what in the spring, I would guess. Yeah, it was probably spring, like uh, like April or May. April or May, I believe. It wasn't like it was only like a three or four months away type of thing. And uh, you know, we're like Rome. We looked on a map; it was like forty down the road miles. The only question was, how do you pay for it when you're, you know, yeah. a poor college kid? But, uh, you know, we, we figured that out uh, many different ways to make that happen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Statute of limitations. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, that was a, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. The bands they were rattling off were all, like, you know, all that oh, mo- the biggest modern rock the, that, you you know, that were that brand new up and coming, had been around since the 90s or even 80s. I mean, you know, it was one of those things like chance of a lifetime, you know, it's a celebration of Woodstock, which is, you know, at the time was the most iconic sort of, Music not festival. only festival, but, you know, it was kind of a brand at this point yeah. by being a 94 and then a repeat 99. And you, you almost were like, hell, is this going to happen every five years sort of thing, right? Oh, we're, we're going to get into all yeah, that. Yeah, well, I imagine so. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> but that was an exciting time. And, uh. As a 21-year-old college student in the summer of 99, things were good, you know? So yeah. That's, uh, I felt like, you know, this is this is going to be the summer, the best was, summer was, ever. Was that, was that when you worked at James Way and you had to quit because you were going to the show? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that? So, wrong store. <laughs> oh, okay. Ames. Ames, I'm sorry. Ames, y'all might remember. Forgive, forgive me. Ames department store, if you're... If you're from New York. Yeah, or somewhere in the north, I believe they, uh, they lasted a while, but... Yeah, I was a cashier, and um, they were they were kind of being sticklers, and they said no, I couldn't take that time off, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I handed them my smock right after that and said, uh, "Well, this isn't gonna work out." <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so, it's not me, it's yeah. you. <laughs> and honestly, it was like uh, it felt good. It's like those uh, 
those videos you see nowadays where people are just like, I quit. It was kind of like, really? <laughs> Woodstock, work at Ames. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Ames. Yeah. <laughs> Always go with Ames. <laughs> yeah. So that was also the... Uh, that was also the summer, though, I worked at, at the Renaissance Festival. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what did you right. do at the Renaissance, Renaissance Festival? Well, did I, you dress up? Oh, yeah. I was I in costume, it. yeah. Nice. I, w- I worked as the uh, the uh, pub master, I believe my name, pub my master. role. Yeah, so I had like a, a bar, and a, like an alcoholic bar, a soda bar, and all the wenches. <laughs> like the wenches worked underneath me as so I kind of supervised them and made sure the kegs were tapped. It was a glorious job. You uh, supervised the wenches. <laughs> yeah. That was their name too though, right? So we we all had, you know, the pub wenches, the pub master. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. You want beer? I do want a beer. Yes, another Labatt's, please. So that was uh Luckily, I think they let me take that weekend off, but but they weren't yeah. doing it. They weren't going to do it for Woodstock. That was just a seasonal gig, anyway. Woodstock. So. Woodstock yeah. was a. That was a. That was a strike too far. Yeah. So Frames. You know, there was a. And I think I remember uh, because I had quit my jobs to go to Woodstock. I think I took out my first credit card too to make. To, there to you make go. That. Literally, you yeah. are right in the demographics. Yes. Like, like this I'm, kid, like they predicted what you were going to do before. Yeah, you they, did I started it. getting things he's in the mail. Sell, you know. Yep. He's, he's going to sell drugs to get a ticket. Didn't have to do that. Like I said, that's why I got the credit card. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't ready to go down that path. Uh, oh my god, this was one of those things. I mean, because I was up in New York just a couple weeks earlier, and it never dawned on me because I lived in South Carolina at the time. It never dawned on me that like I could go to that show. Yeah. Like I, I just didn't think about it. Yeah, so that's a shame. I, yeah, it is a shame. <laughs> After watching this and researching it, I'm. Uh, Maybe I would have been. No, I mean I would have been fine in in those elements at that time. Or would you have been? Dun, dun, dun. I know we've been to a crazy festival before. I was this. gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a precursor to that. There is that we were both at. Yeah, yeah. which gave us a taste of that. Yeah. So, so give me some background here. I'm. You have an no, entire I'm, script. I'm, yes, I do. So I. Yes. I, would, I thought I would let him, uh, you know, introduce himself to the world. The world to of the all world. bad things. So, the the so, 7 so million right, listeners. So right now they just think that I'm, you know, this this bro, right? This fraternity bro, yes. you know, loves uh, listen to Limp Biscuit. Uh, <laughs> you get time to redeem yourself. Yes, There'll you be do. a character arc for you. Or will there. <laughs> there, there? There won't be a character arc for me, right, I can yeah, tell you that. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I don't turn off Nookie when it comes on. <laughs> so, having said that, that's going to be a good line. Uh, Woodstock 99. So Woodstock 99 was a large-scale music festival that took place in Rome, New York, located in central New York, not upstate New York. (laughs) That's right. From July 22nd to July 25th, 1999. It was the third music festival branded as Woodstock following Woodstock 94 and the original Woodstock in 1969, both of which were also held in New York State. It was promoted by Michael Lang, who who promoted the previous two events, John Share, who promoted the sixty-nine or the ninety-four event, and Ossie Kilkenny. The attendance was estimated to be four hundred thousand people, oh, also falling in line with the previous two Woodstock festivals. So they were all attended by roughly four hundred thousand mm-hmm. people. Oh, the ninety-four one—we'll get into that—was okay. the highest one. Okay. 
The festival included two main stages for music artists, several small stages for emerging and local artists, a nighttime rave tent, and a 24-hour oh film festival yeah. held in oh, one, no. one of the no, plane no. hangars hosted by the Independent Film Channel. Independent what? Film Channel yes, was there. Yes, I have Everybody was there. Like, that's... Wow. It was a cultural thing to be, like, Puff Daddy wasn't performing, but he was there, like, to hang out. And, yeah. like, I was like, 14, people were there. I have no recollection of this. Yeah. He doesn't either, and he was there. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is... These are all new stats. Yeah, like, 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 really? In 1999? 400,000 people. You think I would remember this? You got that date right? <laughs> So Woodstock 99, like the previous Woodstock events before it, was also conceived as a commercial venture which included an outdoor vendor mall, ATMs, payphone banks. So for the kids phones. So oh. for the kids out there listening, imagine having a cell phone that was completely stationary and you couldn't take anywhere because it was the size of a human. And all you can do is make fit calls. In your <laughs> yeah, you better that's remember a, that a, number that's a, calling. That's what a phone that's what a phone bank is. <laughs> yeah. Or have it written down somewhere. <laughs> In no. your in your little uh, <laughs> yes. your little black little book. Thing. Yes, <laughs> the venue also included, and this is possibly the most 1999 statement that oh, could no. ever be made, an email station. Sick. Like, was it sponsored by AOL Sick. or Earthlink? <laughs> yeah. It probably it was, was. Yes, this thing was sponsored could by you, everything. Nah, did I've you been... edit your GeoCities page? It was. Though? It was probably Netscape. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to bring your own CD? Yeah, <laughs> you had to have the free one. That free, <laughs> that free CD we sent you in the mail, it's only going to work They're probably giving those away there. <laughs> I heard, I saw a funny thing on Twitter where they were like, if AOL could send out all those free CDs um, back in the 90s, we can send out free COVID tests to everybody. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> just logistically, just give it to yeah, AOL. Just, just yeah. give it, yeah. Yeah, or Columbia House, right? Yeah, Columbia House, that'd be a good <laughs> It's going to be distributed by Columbia House. So that might not make sense right now, but you'll understand. Well, I mean, we're talking 90s here. So, yeah. so tickets for the event were $150. Uh, totally doable, right? $250 in today's hmm. money. The event was simulcast as a pay-per-view event, like Woodstock 94 had been. Huh. That was offered by most cable and satellite companies for either $29.95 per day or $59.95 for the entire weekend. You could almost just go to the festival for that price well i guess no. it's like half price yeah, half. but you didn't have to but worry you, about the sexual assault but if you lived in california and you wanted to see it well, the yeah, odds of you going all the, so yeah, you buy right. the pay-per-view you're right uh cable music network mtv was also what? on hand to cover the events of the <laughs> they weekend did music? yes they did <laughs> television in, in 1999 it was so they were there to handle um artist interviews attendee reactions and other non-music events that were part of the festival they couldn't broadcast their own stuff because that was all paid for you. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Westwood One would simulcast live performances on radio stations nationwide as part of the all-encompassing media coverage of the festival. YouTube, Twitch, and other various social media platforms did not cover the event because they didn't exist. <laughs> they weren't even a twinkle. Even Facebook wasn't a twinkle in my The only thing, and this gets brought up in the HBO documentary, the only thing that you could, like, attach to from this time to then, mm-hmm. Napster was out at this time. Well, oh, and just starting to gain steam. If you look at, I'm just showing them an insert from the double disc CD. And it was the you, biggest stage ever constructed. But if at the you time. look at the crowd talking about that, look, no one's got a phone in their hands. No, right? no yeah. Everybody's no. present, sort of. Right, but uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say I wouldn't, look, I wouldn't go that far. Into the music, having a great time <laughs> is what I'll say. 
<laughs> yeah, but I couldn't and hear that's, it. And that's all I got to say. I couldn't hear it in my headphones, dude. It's so funny that you really are someone's dad talking about mm-hmm. the glory days of... Uh, <laughs> you know your old when? Happy mosh pitting. You're to someone's dad. Yes. Oh, man. I am, I am the age of someone's dad. I am just not a father. Right. Thankfully. Unless you ask the cats. So let's... Uh, I got to get my mind back into 21-year-old Chad. There you 21. go. <laughs> it's going to be hard. So the concert was held on the grounds of the former Griffiths Air Force Base. The base was closed just four years prior to the event in 1995 and was chosen to host the festival primarily for the reason that it had a relatively robust infrastructure to hold an event that hundreds of thousands of people would be attending. So, um, geographically, Rome is in central New York, but mm-hmm. like where... It's close to Syracuse. East, east, oh, okay. east of Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. probably That'd be 30, the 40, 50 minutes. Probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. That'd be the closest major city that it was close to. Right. <laughs> Syracuse, uh, off of uh, Interstate 90. <laughs> there you okay. go. So, uh, so the base had just recently closed in 1995. And again, one of the main reasons, for, I mean, just the infrastructure that they did not have to build. In, in other words, right off the bat, they're like, that's going to save us a shit ton of money. Yeah. What they weren't thinking about, we'll get into as the story unfolds. Because I have not was given there, any... Were there ammunitions still there? What? Oh, no, 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 They didn't no. realize the munitions I mean, there, I didn't, may, I didn't, there may I didn't, have been, I didn't like, underground. any tanks or yeah. jets or nobody, unexploded ordinances. Yeah. Just no. nobody discovered them. Yeah. So, yeah, right off the bat, the promoters are thinking, all right, that's all this infrastructure that we're not going to have to build ourselves. Sure. It's, it's already it there. Sense. It just literally has to be turned on because the base had only been closed four years earlier. Yeah. It's not like it had been sitting there for 30 Dilapidating. years. And, Seems no. like a great reuse strategy, huh? Yes, Absolutely. Seems. It seems that way. <laughs> or is it? So, like I was stating, it had electricity available all throughout the grounds, running water, and most importantly, toilets. No. Oh. Gosh, no. Uh, yeah, we'll get into we'll get into that Gosh, as well. No. We will get into that. That's my that's my biggest fear. So always. Oh, you you had would a nightmare then. Yes, yeah, I you might have a nightmare watching the documentary then because mm. they get into that, <laughs> as I do later on. So, uh, most importantly, it had a 12-foot-high steel fence that surrounded the entire facility. That feature was deemed the most important to festival promoters as they wanted to avoid the constant gate crashing that occurred at the previous two Woodstock festivals. Coincidentally, there was also a quote-unquote peace wall that was constructed out of plywood that was also 12 feet high that covered a 100-foot section of the facility where there was no barrier. That's the thing that you see that all the artists painted on and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, when I think of peace, I think of, of building 12-foot wall. walls. <laughs> to keep people you out. Yes. Give 12-foot <laughs> walls a chance. Peace wall. Oh, jeez. Yes, the irony on that was not lost so on The funny me. thing is, they probably still call it that. Today. Probably do. Yeah. So. Well, no, it's in shambles. It, well, it, I'm it, just it, saying, <laughs> like, any festival now they, with, the, with the wall, right? It's a peace wall or expression wall, right? That's yeah. what they let, let everybody do their artwork on. Don't they have that at NC State, something like that? It's a tunnel, like a tunnel, right? yeah. yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So the city of Rome itself, as well as the surrounding towns, were also a major draw for festival attendees before and after the weekend, which was a much-needed financial boon for the area as the closing of Griffiths Air Force Base resulted in the loss of over 6,000 jobs in the area, oh. which subsequently caused the migration of thousands of people from the area. Oh, wow. Now that yeah. makes sense. Part of the Rust Belt, you know, a little yeah. economically yeah. depressed, you know. Mm-hmm. The site is currently a business and technology park. 
So they, they kind they of revitalized it. it. Okay. I meant to. Um, yeah, these bases and stuff would have lots of infrastructure. I meant, yeah. to print a, uh, I meant to print a picture of that, but like, you know, somebody will look it up on their phone. <laughs> so now that we have talked about the setup and the overall production of the event, we'll get into the bands, the event itself, and the controversy of the event later. Let's talk about why there is a Woodstock 99. And we can't talk about that with exploring without exploring the two previous events. Including the OG. 1969. The, o, the OG stock of wood. Where yeah. everybody grew up to be a total disappointment. <laughs> Pretty much. And fail us but, you know, oh, I, time I, and time again. I, I get into that. So just thinking about that, that historical Woodstock, right? So as a young man, I had that, you know, I knew the music was different, but that idea, that concept of what happened at Woodstock was like, you know, that was, there was that chance to relive that. Yeah. Again, which was, you know... The music and that, that whole concept is the draw for me, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of my friends, right? We're like, if, if you had been to any sort of uh, festival before, you know, there's that, that feeling of freedom that you mm-hmm. necessarily doesn't exist mm-hmm. with, you know, Out, outside, outside of, of that event, festival event. for those two, three days, whatever. So, you know, that was the hope. Yeah, like the to very... recapture the spirit. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's... It looked like 94 kind of succeeded. I don't know if I'm probably jumping the gun a little bit. That's okay. I will get into that. Yeah. So the Woodstock Music and Art Fair, as it was originally (laughs) referred to as, uh, but is now commonly referred to simply as Woodstock, was a music festival held from August 15th to 18th in 1969 on Max Yasger's dairy farm in Bethel, New York, which was 40 miles, or 65 kilometers, southwest of the town of Woodstock. So w- where is that geographically? That's I think that's it's, south of Albany. It is. Oh, okay. It's like Poughkeepsie. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like just before you're getting to the almost New York what City you can area. call upstate New York. Yes. Like true upstate. True yeah. upstate. Oh, gotcha. You know, I'm sure there's. It's kind of there right. Could be listeners that could disagree with what upstate is called, but yeah, you know. it's kind of right before you get to the the Manhattan and the pan and the Long Island uh, Panhandle. It's kind of just Panhandle. before that, or not Panhandle. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, the island. Yeah. But uh, in that, like where Suffern is, like that. Oh, so, oh, I actually know where Suffern is. Yeah, like that area. I looked it up because it was. I was that Socrates was a name too, wasn't that like the? That's where 94. Town? That was oh, 94, okay. uh, which we will get into. Damn, I'm skipping ahead. Let's, 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 go. Go. <laughs> let's get with the show. Here. <laughs> the event was marketed as three days of peace and music, and it attracted an estimated audience of more than 400,000 people, while promoters had expected around 50,000. This had to have been the biggest music festival of all time. In the world at, at the time, yes, yeah. it was. So the event featured live music from 32 acts who performed on an outdoor stage despite sporadic rain the entire weekend of the festival. Fun. So the festival has become widely regarded as a pivotal moment in popular music history as well as a defining event for the countercultural generation, the same counterculture <laughs> of whom a majority would vote for Ronald Reagan for president just 11 years later, but that's a different topic. Watch the big chill, because it really kind of explains how it they does. all became like losers. Yes, it explains like their, uh, how to put this, it explains like... The process of their selling out. Yeah, like, it really. It hey, really you guys really making does. fun of our parents? <laughs> yes, I yes. am. Yes. Oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but it's right interesting on. because if um, you want to, yeah, if you want to kind of get it's a, an interesting film. If you want to get a a vibe, if you want to, if you want to do a vibe check <laughs> on the boomers, watch The Big Chill. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so Monterey Pop 
was a big... I feel like there wouldn't have been a Woodstock without a Monterey Pop, which was 67. And that was like Hendrix's debut. Oh, yeah? And, I don't know much about this. Yeah. Yep. And he... That was... Uh, he was big in, in, in the UK. And yeah. they came over and played Monterey Pop. He That was when he set fire to the guitar. Mm-hmm. The Who went on after him, and that's when they smashed all the amps and everything. Nice. Um, and I, that, that's often considered like when festivals became like, well, it was like a pivot point for rock and a pivot point for festivals. Like what's going to happen next? You can go even farther back. The, uh, jazz fest. Oh, what was it? Not Newport. Was it Newport? Newport. Anyway, Mm -hmm. where Dylan plugged in for the first time and kind of blew everybody's minds because there was all these jazz guys. And then here's Dylan like. Don't want to play on Megan's phone no more. You know, like with his his plugged in, yeah. So I feel like Woodstock came Do you imagine Bob Dylan smashing a guitar? I was going to say, It just wouldn't make sense. (laughs) No, that's not what he did. It's amazing that just plugging (laughs) in a guitar. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's him smashing it. Like, oh, I dropped my... That at one point playing an electric guitar was like... He turned it into a song. Like, I dropped my guitar. Like, that's fucking... That's what he would do. Playing an electric guitar was like a... Uh, just like an eye-opening event in musical history, yeah. you know. So I feel like that's that's sort of what led up to Woodstock being as big as it was. I People were kind of excited for it. I wasn't going to get into that or anything. Sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually didn't go that far, but I, anyway. You know me so, of music history. Oh, I do. That's why it's, we, we all love music mm-hmm. very much. Uh, two of you I would consider musicians. I can play an instrument, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's technically what a musician is. Yeah. Person who can play a I'm going to put the standard a little we can higher. Use, we use that title loosely. <laughs> loosely. <laughs> so the event itself, we're back to uh, the original Woodstock in 1969. The event was accompanied by a documentary film released in 1970, as well as an accompanying soundtrack released the same year. Because and, money, money. Oh, yeah. In 2004, Rolling Stone magazine listed the original Woodstock as number 19 in the top 50 moments that changed the history of rock and roll. Hmm. In 2017, the festival site was listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So we're going to get into the show just a little bit, and then we're going to roll into Woodstock 94, get into that a little bit, but obviously there's a lot to to talk about with Woodstock 99, so... So the event, production, and the artists involved. So Woodstock was the brainchild of promoters Michael Lang, Artie Kornfeld, John Roberts, and Joel Rosenman. Roberts and Rosenman financed the project due to their success in promoting and co-organizing the Miami Pop Festival the previous year in 1968, in which an estimated 25,000 people attended. That was Pop Festival, not Pop Festival. Not Pop Festival. It might have turned into that. Well, it was Miami. It had been the Coke Festival. Yeah, the Miami Coke Festival. But it was in the 60s. It's a different time. Wait, you mean Miami? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I do. It was just a weekend in Miami, I believe that's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Woodstock Ventures was formed in January 1969, and the process of putting on the festival began. A permit was granted by the town of Bethel, New York, to host the event in 1969 on Max Yasger's farm after several previous choices for the venue had been rejected by local governing boards, Woodstock, New York being one of them. Huh. Tickets for the event were $18 in advance and $25 on site, which is $136 or $189 in today's money. So pretty consistent, but a little cheaper. It, it is consistent. You... The price is consistent yeah. with yeah. the time. But you said we'll 99 was more like 250 with so, in, with inflation. 
Yeah, but this with inflation is only like up to one ninety eight. That's true. So it's yeah. a little cheaper. The price, but not tons. the price for the time, they're almost all yeah within consistent. within line with yeah. each other. Okay, that's fair. That's interesting. So Creedence Clearwater Revival became Creedence. the first act to sign onto the festival in April nineteen sixty nine, and they were followed by Joan Baez, Carlos Santana, the band, the Who, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplane, Damn. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and Jimi Hendrix, just to name a few. Talk about a fucking lineup. Can't like, heat play. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and there's other bands I didn't. There's. I mean, there were thirty-two or thirty-four acts. I just named like uh, like a fifth of them. And those are like classic. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. You don't have rock and roll music without those. Those bands. are all defining artists of that generation. Mm-hmm. You know? Like you only. Need, well, you know what's interesting. Just like Corn and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Hey. Oh, You're damn right. <laughs> But you know what's interesting? Like those are largely American acts, except yeah. for the Who. The Who are yeah, a notable exception. There's some Canadians in there too, okay. but it's New York. But um, uh, but no, like it's not the Beatles, the Stones. No, the Stones uh, were the invited. Kinks, you know, I saw that the Stones were invited. Uh, the Doors were invited, um, and that was at the time when I guess what's his name? Morrison. Lisa, yes. So like one of the biggest acts that I think that sticks in my mind from that and maybe it's my musical taste since then is you know the grateful deads they know, did play this yeah uh, you know one of the defining sets there so uh richie havens was the first act to play freedom mm-hmm. play freedom it's a pretty iconic performance yeah so the original festival certainly had its problems with up to and including the logistics of 400,000 people showing up to a dairy farm in the middle of nowhere in 1969 yes Three people died at the festival, one Jeez. from a drug overdose, one from a previous medical condition, and one person being run over by a tractor. I kind of remember hearing about ne- that. I'd never heard of that until I did the research for this. Yikes. Food and bathroom f- facilities were overrun and somewhat non-existent for yeah. that many people. Not to mention that rain had turned the entire venue into a mud pit by the end of the weekend. Mud. So it was no, by no means a smoothly run operation. The 1970 documentary film about the festival painted the event in a way it had become, it had come to be known at the time and how it is still known today. A gathering of peace-loving hippies who thought they could change the world through the power of music. Whether or not that was actually the case depends on who you ask, but that legacy remains intact. Well, they didn't change sure. the generation. No. no. Like, you know, uh, or, or did they? Who kn- Maybe if, if the peace-love movement hadn't happened... They wouldn't have been <laughs> burned out by the time yeah. they were 20 and then Without they wouldn't the peace have love movement, you wouldn't have had corn and limp biscuits. You know, well, you know this is like <laughs> like at, at a humanity type of level, right? You know, yes, this happened in America, but, you know, I think for the time, it was probably had this global, uh, you know. It did. Impact. I, impact largely, right? yeah. largely due to the film. The film yeah. was mm-hmm. what made it a global right. thing. Right. So, you know, I think that's it, that's what forms my initial you know, thought of Woodstock now. I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember seeing the film, I think I saw it the first time in 1989 for the 20th anniversary. Well, it was just kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, I want to see what my parents were up to. (laughs) Like it kind of had that kind of, you know what I mean? That too, but you know, those, uh, that, that time period, you know, there's a lot of correlations with today and how, Oh God. Yeah. You know, when you see how, think about how bad things are and this and that, and you know, like they, and then you can kind of be brought down to earth when you look at 
what happened in the 60s. That's, that's and it's and like, the 70s. You, too, yeah, right? and you're like, I think it may have been worse. You know, like oh, I mean, you can make the case that it was. You know, so yeah. For that to or at hap- least equal. Yeah. For that to happen in that time period, it probably was uh, our, just our, a, a very powerful experience for a lot of people, you know? Our horrible reality is just a different horrible reality yes. from the horrible reality of the 60s and 70s. Like, yeah. we didn't have to worry about getting drafted. Thank fucking God. Right. Um, yeah. That's a major load off anybody's shoulders, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, we grew up in relative peacetime. Yeah. Relatively speaking, you guys sure. grew up like in when, uh, during the fall of communism. 90s, yes, you know, yeah. we grew up at the end of the fun times. Woodstock '99 <laughs> happened did. two years before the world changed. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, two. They're you know they're they're all very different places, but it, it looks like history repeats itself. If yeah. anything, right? So yes, it I does. Think we, I think we can probably all relate to. <laughs> We're experiencing yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's 1918 all over again. <laughs> yes, it is. So Woodstock 94. Yeah. So Woodstock 94 was held in Saugerties, New York, from August 12th to August 14th of 1994. Saugerties. Why mm-hmm. does New York have the weirdest names? Uh, a lot of Native, Native American, French. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Different languages. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say weird. That's being very dead. No, it's just, but you don't hear, it's like, you know, yeah. when somebody rattles off towns in the in you know wisconsin you're like what'd you call like, me was it skittles <laughs> Skitt- 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 did you call me a shit creek <laughs> is it skittleantes or something skinny atlas skinny atlas yeah. it looks like scan eatles <laughs> yeah there, there's there's a lot of uh especially yeah. in central new york there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there, interesting names yeah kind of on, na- on, named after you know, onondaga tribes you know so uh, so Woodstock '94 was held in Socrates, New York, July tw- or August 12th to 14th, 1994. The event was also promoted by three of the original producers of huh. Woodstock '69: Michael Lang, John Roberts, and Joel Rosenman. That's interesting. The festival was originally scheduled for just two days, Saturday and Sunday, but a pre-sale for the event sold out in just over an hour. Wow. Confirming how highly anticipated of an event this was going to be, the promoters added events and shows for Friday of that same weekend as well. Tickets for for the event were $135 or $253 in today's money. Isn't it wild that, like, a dollar in 1994 is $2 today? Like, it'd be basically doubled since then? Yeah, it's close to it. it. It's close to it. Yeah. So so now on to the artisan venue. I kind of skip over this one because this is a very drama-free... And some of the it bands, well. <laughs> yes, except some, it had a lot of rain and mud. It did, yeah. Uh, but some of the bands that played it, I was like, really, like I didn't know that. Okay. So though only 164,000 tickets were sold, it is estimated that 550,000 people attended the event. With the entire site being closed by just a simple chain link fence, mm. it was fairly easy for many people to sneak into the event. What, no peace wall? As, yeah, right? <laughs> as, <laughs> they, they didn't even try it. As well as sneak in booze and drugs as well, obviously. Well, The venue al- also experienced a similar amount of rain as the original festival, which led to Woodstock 94, or led to Woodstock 94 to be known also as Mudstock or Mudstock 94. The promoters wanted to have artists from the original festival play the 94 event, as well as having contemporary acts perform in the idea of building a musical bridge between 1969 to 1994. Did they get the original? I'm trying they to think of who them. was around. I'm going to get into that. To accomplish this, there were two main stages. Some of the artists who played the original Woodstock, as well as Woodstock 94, are Joe Cocker, oh. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, without, no the, young. without the Young, 
the band Carlos Santana and Country Joe McDonald. Wait, so oh yeah, Country Joe. Um, so, um, the band reunited, huh? I guess so. Because I mean, they the, Scorsese's somebody was like, film, the, here have, yeah. have pile of cash. Scorsese's film, <laughs> The Last Waltz, was about their. Okay, here's our last concert no? ever, and I guess no. It was Woodstock '94, I guess. A little premature. <laughs> So, huh. con- notable contemporary acts that performed were Blind Melon, Green Day, Nine Inch Nails, yeah. uh, a classic, like one of the all-time oh, yeah. classic Woodstock sets, hmm. uh, The Cranberries, Sheryl Crow, The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, which I had no idea they played now yeah. before. I was like, what? And I looked at them, yeah, sure enough. the Black Album, I guess, right? Uh, it would have been, been in between. Yeah, that would have been the closest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have an album out. And, no, they didn't. Yeah. It took them a while to put out some, yeah. Or maybe but it was just like, it's a huge festival, like, just invite Metallica. But their their entire 94 set is on YouTube as well. It's so. like halfway between the bus crash and when Lars Yearson turned into a total dipshit. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, smack I in between. I never remember Lars's last name. Oh, right. I just call him Lars Yearson. Yearson, <laughs> huh? It's oh, so, this isn't the first time he's been... <laughs> no, he's, he's been now. mentioned. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of disdain for the man. So Primus, Aerosmith, and Salt and Peppa. Ah, push it! Among many others, uh, all performed in Woodstock '94. All in all, Woodstock '94 was considered a successful festival, although two deaths were confirmed at the event, both due to prior medical conditions. So there's something to be said about that. Well, that's hard. That's hard. Like that. Yeah. That would be a case by case. Like, yeah. what exactly does that mean? It just tends to happen that anytime human beings get yeah. together, like, In a, those numbers, like above a yeah. hundred thousand, yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, you get, somebody's gonna die while they're here. Two people out of five hundred fifty thousand. That's pretty good. That's that's one death for every two hundred seventy-five thousand people. Uh, add some drugs and some heat. Yeah. There you go. So five thousand people were treated at the event, mostly due to exhaustion and dehydration, and eight hundred people were taken to nearby hospitals. Were people doing like Molly and ketamine and stuff by then? Molly would have been like really new then in ninety four. It was probably around. Yeah, people were doing like heroin in ninety four and. I was wondering if those like the club day, club drug days. Designed they were just days. about to start. Oh, I'm sure LSD and yeah. mushrooms and all the psychedelics mm-hmm. were. Uh, you know. Yeah, raves were just about to become a thing. They weren't a thing quite yet in '94. <laughs> that I know of, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you're, yeah. You're I'm sure. I'm young. sure they existed. I'm, I'm, when but I they went were... to college and it started in '96, I mean, I remember that was they were a thing. Oh yeah, you know? hell yeah. So just a couple years. That's later. like right when they hit yeah. internationally big. Was '96? I remember yeah. that. So because it's like, hey, you've been to the rave. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just like it was like, no, I haven't. I don't think I ever went. To one. <laughs> no, I never with, did. Hung out with people who definitely yeah. did, and it was oh, just like, you know what. Yeah, it's not for me. It's more like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I don't feel the need to stock up on Vicks Vaporub for some reason. Like I don't, I don't know why it's a thing. Don't believe that... I can dance for twelve hours straight. Yeah. Is it like I can't smart? dance at all. It's like candy necklaces and stuff oh, like that. Geez. Some people were, yeah. But I, I hung, I worked with some guys at, uh, guys and gals at MCI that were kind of into that, and it was fun for. Here and there, yeah, but yeah. not not like a oh, this is yep. the lifestyle I'm gonna get into. Like now, no. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, just you don't forget that there's a, there is a rave tent at the uh, 99. Oh, so considering again, considering the number of people that to have estimated to have attended the event, those are probably the best numbers you can hope for. So Woodstock five thousand injuries, two deaths. So, so Woodstock '94 was success, like the best of them. It was. It was also of... financially successful as well. Okay, and just no. 
no real drama to speak of. And I remember just, I remember watching it on TV. As mm-hmm. a, it was covered by MTV. Know, I guess I would have been like a 16. I was 17. Or so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I thought it was, I mean, just watching it was as cool as could be. I mean. Uh, fun fact about Woodstock 94, none, zero of the big four Seattle bands played it. Yeah. Huh. Not one of them. And that would have been their heyday. Kurt Cobain had just died <laughs> oh. a couple months earlier. Soundguard did not play it. Mm-hmm. Allison Chains did not play it. Although, um, it said Jerry Cantrell played with Primus for a little bit, so he was okay. there. And Pearl Jam yeah, didn't Pearl play Jam, it. Who yeah. is Jerry Cantrell in? He's the guitarist for Allison Chains. Oh. Yeah, get your music. Singer songwriter for that. No, I'm kidding. We're we're gonna straighten you out musically. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about. Do you know yeah. who you're talking to tonight? Yeah. As a special guest. <laughs> yeah, yes. come on. <laughs> 90s bro himself. Frat bro. Frat bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should my hat be on backwards? Yes, it, yes, it, yes, it should. All right, now I'm in. I'm getting into character now. And you should have sunglasses, but upside yes. down on the back of your head. Oh, that's a look. I probably have a picture of me. <laughs> So we are we have gone down the uh, the less destructive woodstocks. Yes, <laughs> although you could say I mean the the six I left a lot of stuff out about the six because yeah, I didn't want to bog it down. With the well, there were some issues with that. Think one. about how many people broke into ninety four though. Yeah, right. Like that um, number is uh, down about yeah, four hundred thousand like people. Twice as yeah. half the amount of people didn't pay for a ticket. But considering the lack of reported violence and stuff, you could almost make the case that part of what made it work. Was a lack of well, like, or that, or that we know of too, though, right? Like, that's think, fair. think about that's how fair. things are nowadays, <laughs> and like, you know, no, somebody yeah, farts wrong, and you're like, you know what, this person's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> out, out with you, out. So we are venturing down the memory lane of Woodstock days one, two, and three. We have arrived at Woodstock '99 day one. Woo! <laughs> I can imagine. I, I remember going to Eden Festival and remember how like amped up we were to go to it. Yeah. Even though it was like a four-hour drive to get there, but oh, still, yeah. just that anticipation. It was yeah. Just the road trip there was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was fun all in itself. Oh yeah. The smells. Yeah. I'm just imagining the smells. Dude, we were, out, we're outdoors and tents. There were there mm-hmm. were no there smells of weed. And well, that and beer. The smell of uh, like nylon a, burning. Yes, that too. The very last time we were there. <laughs> and rubber from tires, <laughs> and plywood, pressure treated lumber. <laughs> That's uh, it. Billboards. Yeah. So it's not like you were inhaling <laughs> any chemicals no. you shouldn't. It was even. I still remember the smell of like tents burning. That yeah. smell will never leave my nose. Oh, yeah. yeah. It smells disgusting. And they get, they get real hot real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We didn't burn ours, but they were being burnt nearby. And like the, once they go up, like you could feel it from like, mm-hmm. you like feel 100 feet away. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of warm so over here. So, the precursor, there was a, another bad festival in 96. That was 96 yeah. that we went to. Yeah. That was uh, just outside of Toronto on a. Uh, the F1 racetrack is still there. I looked that up. Is that F1 or ago. was it the uh, motorcycles? F- no, it's F1. F1, yeah. In uh, Clarington or something mm-hmm. like that, right? So Woodstock 99, day one. Oppressive heat, which reached above 100 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit oh or 38 degrees Celsius. And difficult environmental conditions were constant <laughs> issues at the festival from the moment it began with a pre-show Thursday night on the West Stage. So on that West, the Thursday night before the whole show, so the only notable acts that I saw on that list were Vertical Horizon, which I'm sure nobody else besides you and me remember. You might mm-hmm. not even remember. Yeah, I don't. I remember who they were. Yeah, but... and the String Cheese incident. The only reason I've I them. the only reason yeah. I know who they are is because they're one of the hippie festival. Bands. Yeah, they play they're like jam all the hippie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are they like the? Uh... Oh 
They're like a poor man's fish. They're like a, a fish, widespread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. widespread panic. That's yeah. what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are the only two bands that I recognized at all that played the Thursday pre-show. So uh, they, they never really broke big. Huh? Vertical Most Rising actually did. But they had some radio hits, I think. For like 10 two. minutes. For like a yeah. year they were big and then nobody ever heard from yeah. them again. Probably a good thing. He's everything <laughs> yeah. you want. Good song. Right? You know that song, right? Yes, I do. Good song. No? Don't recognize it, yeah, but my nineties my nineties knowledge is bad. This is when this is when rock music was really bad looking back. <laughs> I mean it was. Like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one was kinda like a there was a divot. Yeah, it kinda a divot. Yeah. <laughs> a rock divot. The, yeah. I think the quality changed a little bit yeah. from the uh, you know that, that the early nineties and mid nineties. Even the mid nineties stuff was quality stuff, but late night I don't know. It got very poppy by the end yeah. of the nineties. I mean, it doesn't it historically doesn't hasn't held up as well. No, right. So added to the fact of hundred degrees, and this is basically I'm talking. And the reason it gets that hot there, it's hot in the air that way. Also, this is on a huge tarmac. Tarmac. Yeah. Oh, all the so the asphalt just kept the heat. Like, it's there not, was no way... Is it by any large body of water? No. No, no it's, it's not, inland. Not in the base. Yeah, it would... Yeah, that's right. It it's a giant Air Force base. Obviously, no trees. Miles of blacktop. And just freaking open just open space. Yeah. No escaping the sun. Yeah, I'll precursor that because prior to Woodstock, for the three weeks prior to that, it was like the hottest summer I can remember. It was like... Huh. It, that whole summer was just 100 degrees or like that week, that three-week period... Because I went to the K-Rockathon in Vernon, New York. Nice. And that was a weekend festival. That was three weeks prior, or two weeks prior to Woodstock. One week prior, Fish was playing at the Oswego County Airport that for, a, like, a two-day festival. I went to that. Dude, and you it, went it to went, a festival three weekends and in a row. It was, like, it was like 90s. No wonder Ames wouldn't let him go to yeah, another yeah. one. <laughs> yes. We know it's good for you, yeah. boy. But the render. Yeah. So, and then the following weekend was Woodstock. So, I mean, that's when I had, you know, stamina. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Like, that's, that's even yeah. pushing it for a 21-year-old. Yeah, so, I mean, it was like the summer of, uh, you know, of freedom, for sure. Just, But, you know, thinking about those memories, like, the heat sticks to you. as yeah. It was, you're like, this is going to be dangerous because, you know, where we, there's not, there wasn't a lot of places to hide from no. it. Yeah. You know, especially Shame. if you wanted to listen to the music, mm. you had to be out in the open in the crowd open. in a field to, mm. you know, listen to it, but. You know, I got, I mean, there's pictures of me with some sweet burns and, you know, like, uh, like, just, you know, V-necks, you know, like, <laughs> farmer tan, but eventually you, you know, it was, you basically wore a bathing suit yeah, and that was about it all, you know. And that was one of the things like, we're going to get into the, the whole, cl- but ultimately to me, after doing all this research, it's going to become apparent who's to blame and they never really get any, but we'll... Hmm. We'll, we'll we'll get to that expose. Yes, I blame that, that's my uh, that's my editorializing. <laughs> so again, this is on a what is a recently closed fucking air force base. Mm-hmm. This is a huge fucking airstrip. No trees, no shade, no everything is just completely out in the open. Mm-hmm. The east and west stages, just to make things more difficult, were two point three miles apart or three point seven kilometers apart. Forcing festival goers to walk across hot concrete surfaces. There was not enough room on grassy areas for many campers to set up their tents, 
and some resorted to camping on asphalt. Which, wow. Ouch. So what was that like for you when you guys like get in, get set up? Like, Do you remember that? Do you remember having to hike from one end to the oh, other? Oh, yeah, I definitely remember the you know how far the stages were. And luckily, you know, we... We, we camped out most of the time at the main stage because it was where the bigger, better acts were, mm-hmm. and the distance was prohibitive, so we just kind of, you know, set up shop. But, yeah, I remember the Thursday going in there, and, you know, I was shocked that in the 40 minutes we were there, like, oh, sweet, like, that was that's not even a road trip, right? <laughs> and, it doesn't uh, even qualify. It's like, it's but, just going you know, to the next I, town. I've only been to one festival be- prior to that, so that, you know, just the, the line of cars and then finally getting in and setting up and, you know, it's just... It's basically your car parked like any festival and then your tent right next to it, you know, so that you you have both right there, right? Mm-hmm. And they just kind of stack them up that way. And, uh, but, you know, from what I can recall, you know, there's some pictures, you know, sleeping in a tent is never fun, especially when it's 100 degrees out, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, you know, it's fucking you, brutal. That means you wake up at six and you may have went to bed at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you have a fucking beer like right from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> You, you had to. I mean, well, that's yeah, that, like, that was our choice. Cope. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I remember the uh, you know a lot of dust too because it was hot, dry oh. summer. You get everybody you know walking around with their feet, cars driving by. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, the, the it, dust that it just like sticks to your yeah. neck. Yeah, right. So like, everything's uh. just there's so much dust in the air. You're hot and sweaty. You're breathing it in. You're you know. You're dirty already, and you've been there, you know, before the show even started. Yeah. <laughs> and what with the luxury shower accommodations? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna have you get into that. Which yes. I believe were probably a uh, yeah a bag of wipes. But yeah. oh. <laughs> oh. So once participants of the festival were inside, they were met with high prices pretty much right away. They had to buy from on-site vendors whose merchandise was expensive. Burritos sold for $10, hot dogs and sandwiches for $5, a 10-inch pizza was $12, and 20-ounce bottles of water and soda sold for $4 each. Mm-hmm. And for back then, that's like, mm-hmm. yikes. If they wanted to visit regular stores, festival goers faced a long trek, trek or cramped travel via looping buses to Rome's modest shopping areas where stores had long lines and low stock. Yeah. So you were basically... And they took food and drink away from you if you're trying to get it inside. So you had oh, to... eat or drink outside of the festival yep. to get back in. So people stood in long lines to access the free water fountains until frustration led a few to break the pipes to provide oh, water for no. those in the middle of the line. And in turn creating many large mud pits. People were also bathing in like certain sections of this oh, as well, which God. like you're not going to drink something somebody's... Like at the moment, bathing in. Yeah, you might. I mean, there are people that will. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> as long as it's potable water, then it's. If all we're right, in the middle man. of the apocalypse and I just have to have water, then I'll do it. But yeah, just grab it above them. That's it. Oh my God. Upstream. That's awful. Uh, I didn't realize they had showers there. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it would have changed anything. So the number of toilets installed proved insufficient for the number of attendees. Within a short time, some facilities, notably the, uh, the portable toilets and showers on site, were unusable and overflowing. In other words, the conditions were set for a whole bunch of people to get agitated, and that agitation began almost instantly. Well, and, and of a certain demographic, too. That, too. That doesn't help. But still, these things don't help either. No, no, no. Performer Moby described the mood when he arrived at the festival on Friday afternoon as being, quote, already off the rails, unquote. Mm-hmm. 
So Moby would say that. He would. <laughs> to be fair, Moby. He would, he, he would say that over like a loop of a drum beat yeah. with some piano. <laughs> at the rave tent. Yes. He might have said that. Yeah. It might have just been the name of the song. Like, already off the rail. And it just kept going. You're on to something, man. I am. We're going to record that. <laughs> so opening the East stage on Friday, the first official day of the show, was James Brown... I remember. Wait, oh, the, Godfather yeah. the Godfather of Soul? The Godfather of Soul. Guess who followed James Brown? Wait. Don't back. Kiss myself. I'm going to let you guess. She'll literally never guess it. I never would have guessed it either. I can't. I don't know. I would. That would be one G Love and Special Sauce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's I like not real. Beverages. <laughs> Unfortunately, That's it is real. real. Sure G enough. Love and. G Love and Special Sauce. I'm going to let you continue the rest of your life thinking that it's not real because it's probably just better that it way. It sounds like McLovin. <laughs> yes, it might as well be. Jamiroquai. Oh, I've heard of Jamiroquai. The hat. Live and DMX to close out the afternoon. Oh, we've, se- we've, we've seen DMX. Mm-hmm. Notable acts from the West Stage on day one were Oleander, Moe, Lit, Buckcherry. These are all different bands. It's not. <laughs> You're not listing one long name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oleander, Moe, Lit, Buckcherry. Lit, Buckcherry. <laughs> <laughs> Oleander, Moe, Lit, Buckcherry. <laughs> Insane Clown Posse. Oh, with George Clinton and the P-Funk All-Stars nice. being the closing act on the West Stage on the first night. Wait, so they open with James Brown and they close with George Clinton? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. great. Yes. That, that's, on two di- that's on two I'm, different stages, I remember stages, seeing though. Brown up there and he was like, I think he was 70 years old at the wow. time. And he was still like, yeah, we, he did a split in the whole thing. Like, oh my God. Holy Christ. Yeah, yeah. We were all like, no. <laughs> Is, he like, dead? No, no. Is he dead? No, no. He's all right. Did He's he all right. Jump back. Kiss yeah, himself. Yeah. He did. He had to get oh, surgery yeah. after did, that. Did, show, he, did he pretend that he couldn't go on and have? He to might get, have like, like he might have ushered back. To he the might have stage. like actually felt that way. He's like, <laughs> the, I just they're they're like, like, no, the, he's like, like, no, this isn't a, this yeah, isn't it's a, not part of the act. Stage. I remember, I remember <laughs> he was listening. He was listening. It was hot. <laughs> so, in the evening, or once it turned into e- into the evening, so that was just the day. That was just the day. Oh wow! On the east stage, the most anticipated act of day one were the purveyors of new metal. Which was overwhelmingly like the choice genre, genre of, of music at the festival. Probably like the main draw, I would think. They were one of them for sure. The band Korn. Yep. Spelled Korn. with a backwards K. Yes, or a forwards K, the way it works. <laughs> They're not <Yeah>. picky. <laughs> they took the stage around 10 p.m. and played one of the more memorable sets of the entire weekend for good reasons, anyway. Like, if you see. Like, like it was a good performance? Oh, yeah. Like, I. I was I wasn't there and like I can feel like the chills just being like holy fuck and you were there so yeah, yeah. it was uh, I remember we got about a, what I'm estimating is like a thousand rows deep like it's what it felt like <laughs> yeah it could have been yeah. five hundred it's hard to tell when you're you know sure but you know the anticipation of them coming on and it had just gotten dark and it was like you know day one where people had energy still and you know the reason why you're here and ready to let loose is about to take the stage Mm. you know and their type of music is you know kind of leads up to that crescendo release which you know would be you know jumping up and down moshing whatever what have you and when they went into uh blind i think their first Mm -hmm. opening song like you could feel the ground move like like an earthquake like a waves uh, on the ground like because there was you know, as people hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's they they jump, and then somebody behind you, you know, a quarter mile, so right. they jump mm-hmm. later, right? Because mm-hmm. of how sound travels, and that made like the 
you know, that sound and people jumping, like... That's wild. You can literally feel the ground move under your feet. <laughs> That's crazy. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I remember, you know, and I was with three other guys, and, you know, we felt, you know, like, keep a head on your shoulders. Like, this is getting, this is absolutely insane. Like... Don't get trampled. Yeah, don't get knocked down. This close to a crowd incident at any point. Yeah, because I mean, it was you know, it was just a lot of out of control release moment. Mm -hmm. um, You know, almost you know, just this euphoric type of like, we're here. This is Woodstock. Holy cow! You know, obviously, you know, you can make fun of the 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 type of music it was, but I mean, there was no denying. Even if you watch it and hate that music, you'd be like, you couldn't take your eyes off that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Of you know, and that's that's pretty popular on their their DVD or whatever. Of oh yeah, I highly advise. Yeah, YouTube. Will anybody leave. listen to this? Look up YouTube. Corn uh, Woodstock '99. The first thing that's going to come up is Blind, and just how they build up to it, and then when they the song kicks in, they should they pan to the crowd. It's like holy fuck. That's like yeah, hundreds of thousands of people moshing at the same yeah, time. It's like it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah. And as a musician, when you see a giant crowd in front oh, of dude, you, that you're just feeds fucking back on amped. Your oh, yeah. oh yeah, you're fucking amped. Like yeah. there's no like I I couldn't believe what I was seeing and then when I even watch it today, mm-hmm. you know, I can't ima- I can't believe that that's even that you were there. That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, yeah. Yeah. did I see that? And being there is just like hey, no way, but yeah, it's, so it was intense. And it's especially weird to watch big concert crowds and stuff right now because of covid yeah like the some of that is coming back or people are like that crowd incident that happened recently at a concert but um it 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 is it's almost like looking at an historical time period oh it is looking it's it's like looking at a almost like a fossil right but like a a living one yeah it's just like it's like well, increasingly, there was a our time. fossils will be, like, video yeah. and digitized. And... That's right. So, yes, Corn takes the stage night one of um, Woodstock 99. So, Corn was followed by the closing artist, artists of the East stage that night, which was a band called Bush, which, if you are mine and Chad's age, you remember very well. Kate... Goldie Hawn's daughter was mm-hmm. married to a guy from Bush. Yes, the lead That's singer. That's what I know about Bush. There you go. Gavin, Gavin Rosdale. Yeah. I was going to say Gavin Newsom. That's the wrong Gavin. That's a California governor, I believe, right? It's very much the wrong Gavin. Yes. yes. <laughs> Bush was, they were huge, though. At that time, yes. Yeah. And then after that, like, they didn't last into this uh, millennium. No. Their, uh, their album, uh, 16 Stone, was. Uh, oh, huge. Just a yeah, remarkable. Did they have like alternative a rock album? Top of the 40 90s. hit or anything? Oh, oh yeah, gosh. on that album they had like three or four of them. Everything Zen, Come Down, Little yep. Things. Uh, uh, what was the Glycerine? Glycerine. Oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah. I, I yeah, I've heard that one. So yes, they closed the East Stage Friday night of day one, and they also led an F. Give me an F. Give me a U. Give me a C. Give me a J chant. Uh, give me a K chant. Referencing Country Joe and the Fish from the uh-huh. original Woodstock, yeah, yeah, which I'm sure all of five people in the audience picked up on. It's the uh, <laughs> give me a what are we fighting for? Yes. It next stop is Vietnam. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what? But yeah. and it was just the way we were probably thinking about it at the time was you know an, uh, how awesome is a fuck chant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was um, woohoo! We're all gonna die. Yeah, that was a that was a dark yeah. 1969 performance yeah 
So that was an homage to that, huh? Yes. <coughs> so <clears throat> while there were injuries reported and many people getting lost or separated from each other, again, this yeah. is the first day everybody's arriving. And nobody's got cell phones to track no, friends. <laughs> no. I think there was or a message, social media. Like, there, there was. There was a board where you could like, post-it notes or like, oh, pieces of There was yeah. a lost and found for items and there was a lost and found for people. Oh my yeah. goodness. There were more people at the people. I recall room. seeing the walls, you know, and then people would just put them up anywhere they could, right? So, oh, well, wow. meet me here. At 2.30. <laughs> and then that person would magically yeah. be like, how yeah, did you yeah. get here? You don't even have a cell phone. I wonder if phone. any of them worked, any of those post-its were ever found by the person. So, yes, there were injuries reported and many people getting lost on the very first day. But considering you're in a mass of hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. on opening day, all things considered, again, yeah. the festival was off to a good start. That would quickly change less than 24 <laughs> hours later. So I'm going to ask you, like, what was your overall, like, Feeling what was that? What was the day one vibe check? You know, it was like so. I'm, I feel like it was the tale of two days because, like, you know, the beginning day you're getting your, your feet under you, you're probably boozing heavier than you should because you're just excited to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the music was just a uh, you know, was was a little bit more calm, I should say, right? Like, <laughs> it, had, it had a more positive vibe on it. You know, corn, you know. nice and <laughs> but, I mean, calm. but I mean, really, calm you corn. know, but that, that kind of, so when it, night fell, right, and it, you know, the place devolved a little bit. Yeah. You know, but it was like, just a phenomenal experience, you know, just from day, you know, things were expensive, yeah, but whatever, right? We're here, uh, you know, it's not going to rain, we're, you know, I'm with my buddies, Listen to the, you know, this is the biggest concert in five years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was friggin' awesome. That's my general consensus. Yeah. It was um, like, yeah. you know, there was really no worries. I mean, there, during that that big, like, mosh pit, like, being a thousand rows back, the, you know, you're not used to that. You're used to seeing mosh pits at the front of a stage, <laughs> yeah. you know, or in front of the crowd, and, you know, you couldn't escape it. And so, you know, there was a little bit of, like... You know, let's let's watch out for each other type of vibe. Oh because, sure. You know, you don't even if they're your stranger. You know, like somebody falling down. Yeah. You know, just that that, that cardinal rule, right? You yeah. pick them up. You know, look out for each other. We're not out to. We're all here to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like that vibe was was still there, day one for sure. Still there. Yeah. The, day dr- one. the dream was alive. <laughs> the dream was still alive. Yes. So Woodstock '99, day two. The West Stage kicked off and. For anybody, I don't think I preference this, but um, the West Stage is like the they're like the B acts of the day, right? Of the uh, time, still some very good ones. Yes, some 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 ones that could have been on the A stage, yep. but the, the E stage is where all the the big big acts are. So the West Stage kicked off on day two with Spitfire, who opened day one, followed by Guster, Bruce Hornsby, and Ice Cube. Hmm. Like just think about that lineup for a second. <laughs> Let that marinate. I saw Guster, Bruce Hornsby, and Ice Cube. I've like, never heard whoa. of any Like of them 10 years apart? Like, never no, at the same show. I've like, never heard of any of them except Ice Cube. Yeah. Bruce Hornsby, you know from Bruce Hornsby. Uh, he oh, was. Yeah. Bruce Hornsby. He did a the solo pianist, thing. Bruce but, Hornsby in the range. Uh, but he was originally in, uh, not Journey, Genesis. Wasn't he in Genesis? I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. Am I thinking of Peter Gabriel? Come back to him, <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's he's played a lot with jam bands like uh, the Dead and stuff. I've had yeah, him he's on, pretty big you know. Name. So like he's okay. He's a pianist that's been around. He's for, doing all right. Yeah, for he's got some pretty good songs too. Yeah, that's uh-huh. just the way it is. Yeah. So just 
Some things will never change. So opening opening up the East Stage on day two of the festival were Canada's. Oh, okay, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean you got the script, so I'll let you go. All right. So uh, we have Canada's. I want to see if you were going to test me and see if I had Ah. if my memory still was there. Okay, go ahead. It hasn't. It hasn't. Oh, he he already he he was he was going to get it. Yeah, definitely tragically hip. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. And each day, like, the main stage started about noon, right? So that would be uh-huh. about the, the day that when the music started on the main stage. The tragically hip who, to be fair, I had never heard of the tragically hip until, until I she met, met me. David. Yep. Um, and part until of it she, may have been Until timing, she met somebody that grew up on one of the border, Canadian border states. Part yep. of it may have been timing, but I grew up in Miami. I don't think you the tragically hip were no. huge in Miami. To be fair, yeah. they, they started in Kingston, Ontario, which was literally mm-hmm. probably two hours away from Messina. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So they were n- yeah. near local or regional at the very yeah, least. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, notably, a few years ago, like their lead singer very mm-hmm. sadly he died. died. Yeah, he had brain cancer. Oh, that's yeah. very terminal. Sad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was that brings up the memory of, uh, you know, because being a big Tragically Hip fan, we were su- just stoked beyond belief to see them live. But the amount of Canadians present. That's, was, what, I, that's, what, I, that's what I'm about to know, get into. Because that border is, you know, an hour up the road in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Alexandria Bay area, um, which or Buffalo area, a couple hours down the road. Um, so, you know, it was just overwhelming how many Canadians. And they all, you know, wearing their... <laughs> They're Maple Leaf proud, you know, Maple Leaf flags everywhere. It was just, they took over main stage recently. Yes, yes they did. They did. It was and an I, awesome And I'm, I'm about to, uh, well, I'm not going to quote Carson Daly, but he will be mentioned is in these Carson next... Is Carson Daly Canadian? He is not, but he's at this event. Oh, okay. So, while not a very well-known band in most of the United States, they were playing this event in central New York where they were very well-known due to the proximity of Canada. The sheer amount of Canadian flags being flown during their set took many people who had never heard of the band by surprise, <laughs> including uh, MTV VJ Carson Daly. He's like, oh my god, we're being taken over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Canadians of, are coming, the Canadians <laughs> are coming. Host of Total Request Live on MTV. TRL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, like, what? I don't, like, he doesn't have like a direct quote, but you can see their set. You can see pretty much everybody's entire set on YouTube at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, there's him going, he's just like, look at all the flags. Like he's just, he's saying it as like, he couldn't believe holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it's epic. Like even on this, uh, this insert here, right? See the guy with the Canadian hat Mm -hmm. on the red, like, you know, in the foreground. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, and do yourself a favor and listen to the tragically hip. If If you have not. What's their genre? I haven't heard of it. I mean, old school rock. 90s alternative rock. Yeah. You know, with, uh. Kind of a folksy type of yeah, mm. it's and nothing and uniquely Canadian yes. type of vibe it's, as well. It's nothing spectacular, but there's just a there's a vibe about it. There's just They're like cool. a no. It's just or, like I don't know. Like to, you, I mean, you, to an entire nation, absolutely. yes, yeah. yes, they are. You know, and I, for I us think, that that bled over to yeah. from where we grew up that's yeah. on the we, border. We right? basically grew up in Canada. Yeah. Yes. We, <laughs> so that was that's what was so awesome about that was uh, is you know I was a big hip fan. And, yeah. You know, it was yeah that's a really that was cool phenomenal way to start off the second day because you're like the Saturday is going to be the big day right yeah that is, mm-hmm. usually that's when the best of all anybody would play the second day of the festival well, the festival always is always the biggest one typically just going to have the overall best lineup yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you want on the first day you want to have the the the, the, lead, the, the build up, mm-hmm. 
Yep. Second day is when it all explodes. Third day is right. like, oh, we still got some good little. acts. Because, you know, you, people I think are going to take you're off. You're probably going to have more people just show up, too, on those mm-hmm. Saturdays that maybe couldn't make it for Fridays. Yep. Late and, comers. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a great set, too. Mm. One of my best pictures that maybe afterwards we could post it to the lineup. Sure. But there's a, you know, I've got my I'm, arms outstretched, kind of like, a, almost like a Richard Nixon <laughs> with, with my two peace signs and like literally. Uh, like 175,000 people behind me. Wow. And just... <laughs> just Canadian just, flags yeah, all you can, yeah, and it was during that set that, that we took that picture. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, you know, it's one of my favorite pictures of, and memories that I have of that time. Yeah. <laughs> so following the Tragically Hip... So did it just get devolved from there? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, 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 because I believe, like, I think Dave Matthews Band might have played right mm-hmm. after them. No, no, no. no. I'm going to get into... I, I get into the whole... Okay, the line. I, I, I researched this. it. I may not have been there. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Good. Good <laughs> but, for you. But you were there and on drugs. I'm bringing you back to reality yeah. is what I'm doing. So they were followed by hack musician and modern day right wing bootlicker Kid Rock. Oh, fuck him. Oh, hell yeah. I remember that. Oh, Kid shit. Yeah. Fucking Rock. He was an entertainer, though, boy. He was getting so, he was getting us into a frenzy with Bow with the Ba. Ba with the Ba. What? That would have been the bang, the bang, diggy. Jump the boogie, jump the boogie. That's right. <laughs> My name is. I'm not, I'm not even gonna say it. I feel bad for Pamela Anderson knowing that I, she was ever think, associated with Kid Rock. I think she's fine. I think she's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the script. Yes, back to the script. I have a make a confession. I'm not going to. So. What? No, I was going to confess, so... Do you like a Kid Rock song? I did not. He has oh, two yeah. good songs. Two good songs. I oh, did main first album, there's I, some good songs. I there. did buy his first album, yeah. his first mainstream album. He'd had, like, two albums before that. Um, I lost it somewhere along the way, and I bought it again. Nice. <laughs> you nice. repurchased. So, I'm, I'm, I'm here to say, with all the shame in my heart, that I, I have repurchased a Kid Rock album. Was he and, a dipshit and if back you, then? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, and if, but, uh, but every, that was just a... But, but, you, but so was I. That's what yeah, sold, so, right? Like, if you're a yeah. dipshit, like, awesome. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. So, so if if you want to start... There was start, a dark time in so, many ways. So if you want to start the divorce papers, I understand. <laughs> I'll tell you, my, my recollection of the, that he had a very entertaining set, though, of, like... Getting the crowd to like interact and you know, he he played that, that you know that whole skit about you know how the f word can be used in like as a, a noun, an adverb, a ver- you know mm-hmm. everything in the English language the f word can totally it works. Fit in that. Yeah. yeah, and you know he, there was I enjoy using it as a verb. <laughs> Most I of enjoy- them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of all the, of all, I enjoy yeah. nouns like fuck face, fuck wit, you know, yeah. things like that. I like to describe something as fucking, like, like it fucking sucks. It's fucking piece of shit, oh. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, well, that's more in the that's an adjective. Kind of, yeah, right? I was gonna say, yeah, that too. Yeah, whatever. See, I told you. Yeah, yeah. verb I'll, would be I'll, just like the you know. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> the arm pumping action. Fortunately, no one can see that yeah. on the podcast. Well, that's where I thought he was going with that. But, yeah. <laughs> So, rounding out the afternoon set was Wyclef Jean, oh. who opened with an electric guitar version of the Star Spangled Banner, a la oh, Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah, yeah. Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, and then Alanis Morissette. 
Nice. So after a day and a half of near 100 degree temperatures, Jeez. and again, this is at, because of the asphalt, this is 100 degree temperatures at Plus. pretty much like, no, at like any given time. Yeah. Well, like, and it's, it's being just radiated and probably hotter. You. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. plus what all the body like. heat and all the. Oh, no, no, no. So it's just. And the hot urine laying around the ground. Uh. The smell of piss, the smell of shit. <laughs> so. I like secondhand cringe. So, yeah. you know, with each. With each you it know, got worse. With each hour. <laughs> with each hour. You know, with each minute. With each there's second. Basically, you know. There's more people. There's less ability for it to be cleaned properly. Yeah. There's less, you know, waste facilities. There's things are starting to fill up, right? Like getting water and feeling, you know, tired and hot was just, you know, par for the course. That was like, just like know. a normal day. So eventually, you know, you had, you know, you started to see people kind of, you know, burning out, out, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. needing, not looking well, you know, whether that's a combo of partying too hard the night before yeah. or just, you know, standing on your feet for, Hours on end, yeah. you know, in the heat, expending energy and not, you know, returning it back to your body. So, you know, there was a little bit of the stamina was having to come into play right there because yeah. you're like, this is this is tough out here. And if it's hot, booze dehydrates you oh, too. Oh god! Right. Yeah. So yeah. if you're just yeah, and fucking weed and it, cigarettes dehydrate you too. And dehydration mm-hmm. is no joke no, when you no. really start getting bet, into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the majority of those five thousand people, or however many, had to be treated at this one. I, I get into that. Okay, yes. Yeah. 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 And the other ones too, though. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. the same process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you're you're talking about way a lot less, of a lot of dehydration and uh, hyperthermia, not hypo. Yeah. Oh yeah, too hot. Mm-hmm. Heat stroke. Yeah. yeah. So we have a day and a half of near 100 degree temperatures. Again, this is at any given time because the asphalt is just radiating heat. So you're People's not getting a break are, at night. There's no, well, there's really so. no trees. There's, there's no, no shade. Sun, at least, yeah. It's hot as like I mean we're we're still talking 22 years ago. Like 90 degrees in New York, wherever you are in New York, is hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's yeah. just not. Yeah, it was. That's not it, something that happens. It's a, that's maxed out there. Yeah, right? and that only yeah. happens like once, once, once or twice a, a summer, year. maybe. Yeah, you know, like, well, happened. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen more and more. Yeah, it happened this entire weekend. Yeah. So combine that with long lines for food, water, toilets, showers, sexual frustration, and overall misguided anger. The last band that should be playing within that vibe would be the next one. Enter, Limp Bizkit. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Our Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of a, a quite the uh, trio they, headliners. Their here. set began like eight eight o'clock ish. It began at like um, sundown. Yep. The sun was still kind of up for most of the yep. show, but uh, there was just that haze tint in the air. Yep. Which, you know, and we're I think we're you know our anticipation of that was a similar response to like Corns. You know how they came out and you know the music is. The In the same up. genre, you're right? They play that same type of, you know, just build you up, you know, make you feel angry, jump around, all that, you know. So I gotta say... Break some stuff. <laughs> As someone who is slightly younger than their demographic, all I know about Limp Biscuit for the most part, is that, like, well, don't listen to Limp Biscuit. They're really fucking lame <laughs> and idiots. Like, it's like, um... Talk about a vibe check. <laughs> like, it's all... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to challenge this. I don't know about... It's just like Fred Durst, that loser. Like, but but you know what? Like, I couldn't say that I could name a song of theirs. So, like, it's the more reputational got, than it is again, actual impression. Again, another band would, like, for me, like, they've got three or four, like, they got three or four bangers. 
And then you kind of realize it's Limp Biscuit, but it, yeah, it's okay. It's alright. <laughs> yeah. 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 You console you yourself. You forgive them because they're yeah. Limp Biscuit. Forgive yourself because you're like 22. But yeah, like, it's yeah. a terrible band name. You know, it like, is. there's a lot of really great band names. Yeah. That's a terrible band name. Yes. Yep. Especially yep. the way it's spelled. Yes. So while it's not entirely fair to cast the band's performance as the turning point from a fun <laughs> music festival to a violent one. There's no denying that their set agitated an already agitated crowd even further and to an extent that nobody was prepared for. Bad timing, maybe, more than anything. Mm. We're going we're gonna to wrap this all up okay. later. Okay. It's probably meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so while not a single at the time, their song Break Stuff was a well-known track from their recent album Significant Other that at the time when they played Woodstock 99 was the number one album on the Billboard 200. In other words, it's literally a song about not knowing what to do with your frustration, so you quote, unquote, break stuff <laughs> to vent that frustration. During the performance of the song, frontman Fred Durst points out the people crowd surfing on plywood. While he didn't realize that the plywood had literally been ripped off of scaffolding, protecting sound towers and other equipment, oh no. he no doubt egged it on. Following their set, the band was informed by security and state police of the violence happening in the crowd and that they may be facing char- charges of inciting a riot. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it started getting out of hand for sure. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And again... That? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah was that it was... getting scary? Well, you started to see things that you, you could only see at that place. Yeah. Right? Like, there was no other shows that you could compare it to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, seeing people... With plywood surfboards being, you know, going across the crowd and, you know, that, like I said, how that day you start to see, you know, trash everywhere, yeah. right? And like, you know, there's a whole concept about that too, like the broken window theory mm-hmm. and all that, right? Like right, the place right. looked like a shithole, right? <laughs> and it had, you know, some angry music being played. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, what, what were you expecting? You know, like <laughs> exactly. this is, I mean... I love. Kind of, I enjoyed that music because at that time, my testosterone was raging. Yeah, you know, like twenty like twenty one years old. Man. Fuck yeah! In college, I was you know like I I listened to that music. You know, I was in a fraternity. Of course, we listened to that music. It was the best. That type of music for if you were a rock fan, mm-hmm. like in listening to the radio, that was what you were getting fed, right? Mm-hmm. And it it obviously resonated with all of us or a lot of us, you know, looking at my cousin Dave here. I mean, we share a lot of the same interests growing up, you know, we're, you know, best friends going back as long as I can remember. So our music tastes were very similar and, you know, it, we all agreed that, you know, this is what's going on. Significant other was a masterpiece. The thing, well, yes, <laughs> yes it was. But I, I and break stuff was really the one that, let that it, was the know, one that was just like, just yeah, one of those days. Yeah. I do think that like every like that is just a common human experience at mm-hmm. that age. Yeah. Like and, and within a range, right? Like younger, a little bit yeah. younger, a little bit older. And every generation has like their angry music. It sounds different because of the culture at the time. Yeah, because yeah, I mean none the of attack, this right? the, yeah. none of this mm-hmm. happens in a experimental part of the of the music. Yes, and none of this happens in a vacuum. Like, right. there's a reason this music is popular, right. and there's a reason, like, mm-hmm. that's what the HBO documentary, I thought, did a pretty good job of, was, let's do an overall, what was going on around, like, what what were the, you know, Bill Clintons under impeachment? Like, that's there right. are, there are mm-hmm. Columbine had just happened. Like, there are things going on yeah. 
outside of that universe that has an impact on all the people that are there. That's really interesting. It's like sex and violence have taken a turn in American media at that point because oh, it's become highly popular. Yes, at that point, really. Because well, like, had, had remained highly. It's always been popular. No, I got gotcha, you, yeah. but these are very different situations. Mm-hmm. Like, because absolutely, this. But this was the first time. Like, every president's done sexual bullshit, but this was the first time. It's like, no, it's out, in the it's open. out there. Yeah. And then, like, literally, two losers shot up a bunch of their classmates. Full blown. Mm. Which out had happened for plenty. Of, which had see. happened plenty of times before, but not in that. Type of suburban not setting. Not this way. Yeah. Yeah, not, and not, not related to gang violence mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't mean that it was... It hit differently. It was somehow yeah. worse than other things that had happened, yeah. but yeah. See, it hit differently. When, I, when I go back to that time period, I remember, you know, being in college, right? Obviously, I'm, I'm a privileged kid, right? I'm in, I'm in college. I've got a little bit of disposable income. I've got all these, you know, cultural things to do near me as Woodstock is, mm-hmm. you know, literally right down the road. Like... I can go do all this fun stuff. There really hadn't been any, you know, since Gulf War One. There hadn't been like it just felt safe, and mm-hmm. free to do whatever I wanted to do, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I don't know where that angst comes from when you when you have everything. It, part and of it, it seems just, like the, the the life couldn't be any better. Yeah, right. I mean, looking back on it, yeah, life couldn't have been it. But at that at moment, that, that's how I felt. Though, yeah, right? in that's, that time though, like you're out of high school. You it's don't know, yeah. Time, you don't yeah. know what your future is going to be like. Right. There's that yeah. normal kind of. Plus, you know. you know, I mean, like with the nothing happens in a vacuum. All the shit that was going to lead to 9/11 and stuff was, was in the works. Was, was going underway. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, like you know, so. It, and I don't. I, I, like, I think it shows my ignorance more than anything of that time period, which is you know, it's of course well, yeah. we were fucking yeah. young kids. Exactly. Yeah, nobody you know. can expect someone of that age to be. Aware of much <laughs> like of anything. in the foreground, like no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about the homeless tomorrow. Like fucking no, I'm not. It's a very selfish <laughs> time of life, and that's yeah. just a fact. Right. Like of, yeah. of and, what you know, and that was the majority of people age. who were there too, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I don't think I think that's that demographic that is you know, eighty five percent of the people there were yeah. probably you know fit that mold in, mm-hmm. in pretty good shape. Yeah. 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 I mean, because it, because of the money, it look it, look what it cost to yeah, just go there. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, it's self-selected for people who couldn't yeah. afford to go. Sure. Or... I mean, I remember in college, people not being able to go, right? Because mm-hmm. literally didn't have a dime, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go... Especially through... $135. Right. Like... Yeah. And then, you know, you instantly spent like $300 in the first, like, two days, you know, that you didn't have probably, yeah. you know? Yeah, like that's you, right. Like you said you like just got your first well, yeah, credit I card. used my first cash advance. <laughs> you know? I think it was a $3,000 credit limit and a thousand dollars cash advance and i'm pretty sure i just used that one thousand dollars (laughs) cash advance and then was like had to figure out how to pay it back afterwards and that that could go to a whole you know rachel rachel's shaking her head here she's like that's not good that's that's the beginning no what it is is it's the beginning of the The predatory lending that is so like it I, I, i'm actually not sure i would be really interested to find out the origins of that but certainly by like the late 90s early 2000s like you, you go to college and you are yeah. handed mm-hmm. like fill this out f- yeah go ahead and you get, three, and like, you get a thousand dollars in cash advance and we know zero, your parents are broke sending you here so here's yeah. this here's some more money and zero, <laughs> pay back to us yeah. zero credit counseling or financial <laughs> education to go along with it I'm starting to see why we might have been angry back then <laughs> i just well, didn't see it yeah. i'm gonna get into that i only heard yeah. it so now that Limp Biscuit has turned the festival into a frenzy of violence... 
You literally just said, yeah. like, not to say that they were the problem. And then you no, I, just I, I wrote, no, <laughs> you, know, I, you know what this brings up real quick? Well, only, we don't have to go yeah, into it, but go. there was a lot of boobs to be seen at that point in time. Well, uh, my, next, was, my next words yeah. were uh, sexual assault. And anger, who might be the next performers, and anger. So, who might be the next performers to close out the mm. night that, no, would calm, close it. that would calm everyone down a little bit, and hopefully get the festival right back on track? There's only one band I can think of, Dave. Who was that? It'd be uh, your Radom or your Rage Against yes, the Machine. Was. Oh <laughs> God! So that's you're right. They did not close. I, yeah. I messed that up. Metallica would play after them. Right. Okay. So that's so your talking East, about stamina, your right? East Stage evening closer. Closers Headliners, were yeah. Limp Biscuit, Rage, Rage Against the Machine, and Metallica. and Metallica. Right. Like that's just That's basically from about nine to midnight or eight to midnight. Yeah. Wow. Would fit that. What we have talked about recently is how Rage Against the Machine was essentially thirty years too early or like twenty five years. Or just too never early. go out of style. Never yeah, go out of style is where they are now. Just talking about very like because yep. uh, they had a resurgence. Yes. Especially yeah. starting last summer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um kids finding yeah. their music and saying, wait a minute. Like Excuse me. Yeah. Like what did what did he say? Like, yeah, this has been going <laughs> on for a long time. So, the last two bands, I mean, two great. Who wouldn't want to go see Rage and Metallica? Rage open Metallica or vice versa? I like, would see it. Yeah, take get out of there, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, Rage but, and Metallica stand the test of time, and yeah, you know, Hall of Fame worthy bands. Or obviously, Metallica already is, but yes, I'm a, is I, Rage not yet? I don't know. They I don't think, should be. I don't think they are. They might I'm, be. I'm sure I don't will. think they are. They will be someday. But so two great bands, but probably not the lineup you want following a potential riot. So just having those three bands play one after the other is probably not responsible in any atmosphere, let alone one where there are hundreds of thousands of aggressive young men in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it says in parentheses, ask Chad about day two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've chimed in on my own, but, uh, you know, I remember being... But day two vibe check. So remember, day two started out as just as epic as... as tragically hip. Yeah. yeah, you know. And ends with and fucking, I remember, you know, ends another with Metallica. Good, another favorite of mine was is Dave Matthews Band and being out there. You know, they played a, a good set and it was just, you know, trying to channel that... Woodstock vibe, you know, that peace, well, that peace, love, and harmony vibe. Ma- Dave Matthews Band is way more conducive to that. For sure. Oh, God, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's, and that's, technically you know, hip works. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. It's a perfect venue for both yeah. of them. Yeah, and that, and so that was there, right? Come dinner time and, you know, 6 o'clock or something like that and, you know, maybe order extra mushrooms on the pizza <laughs> and, you know, or, or brought your own to put on them. To I don't put on the pizza. Know. Just, or, or both. So you know that that heightened that heightened experience come uh, eight o'clock was you know uh-huh. off the charts. Wow. As it was for a lot of people because you know obviously you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll was taking place everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know personally, did I see anything bad happen? No. You know I didn't see people being groped. Did I, I saw boobs? I saw people maybe. You know, they obviously broke that plywood off of something. Yeah. I didn't know where they got it from. But, <laughs> but they didn't bring you know. it. But, you know, they, they, <laughs> but there, was this con- there was this constant de-evolution going on, right? Like this devolving into uh, it, a, a sense of chaos and disorder. And But that's because there's really no way to instill order in that safely, right? Like yeah. it, at this point, 
and that's the a lot of the fun of these uh, festivals. You know, whether they have a bad name like Woodstock '99 or something more peaceful like a Bonnaroo or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this just this this this. There's a, sen- there's a sense of I can do whatever I want as long as I'm not doing anything right. really like stupid. Hurt anybody else? To a yes. Yeah. Right. Like I felt, I felt that yeah. way. I felt that way in Vegas. It was just like. Well, but, but that was literally legal. You could smoke. No, but weed, but you still, could you couldn't smoke it on the street or anything like that. Well, you but could you if could, you were discreet. But you could drink on the street, and it was just like this overall like feeling of like you're in a big city, and it was just like as long as I'm just minding my own bit and like. Dude, like, it's just yeah. like you can but fucking do whatever you want. But everybody has to agree to that yes. and abide by that in order for it to work. And the vast majority of people do. In any this society, is true. This or, is true. Mm-hmm. in any society, any culture, that. any right. anything, there's that. always going to be like that three to five percent of fucking idiots. Yeah, that, that could cause a, it up for cause a shit else. storm, though, for but sure. But David, if you give people a child tax credit, they're just going right. to spend it on That's drugs right. in West Virginia. They will. You know, we yeah. can't have. I mean, nice if things. I lived in West Virginia, that's probably what I would spend it on. <laughs> that that's just me. That goes up. That goes up. <laughs> your West Virginia <laughs> yes, listeners, huh? Yes, it does. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we do <Yeah>. have one. <laughs> we have one for sure. As, well, I mean, we you know, one. when you talk about, I don't know, people came probably really from everywhere. It, I, I really don't think that way of West Virginia. No. Or, it's a no. beautiful state that is being destroyed politically, yes, yes, and yes, that's really it's sad. sad. So my overall. Great. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. But man, it's crazy. It's, it's fun because it's the craziest thing and you I've expect, ever You expect I've craziness ever been, right? to a certain extent. Come Metallica, I, we were so exhausted, right? There was yeah. like, the exhaustion was a real thing. Two like, hours sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, feet hurting you. Like, you know, you're like, am, again, I, am I taking care of myself in a manner that like, I'm, I don't want to fall out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm like, because yeah. I mean, you know, standing up, moshing, jamming, headbanging, like, Drinking, two days smoking. straight. At this point, actually, probably three days straight. And you know, if you look at the bender I was on prior to that, <laughs> you're, you're going into you're like going a month. on like third week, or like a full month. Worth. That's wild. So you know, but it was, uh, you know, we were still having a great time, and you know, we we still had some energy left. We you know, I think we 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 ventured out after Metallica played, and you know, I think we walked past the rave tent and saw <laughs> you know, I think a band that was popular, maybe Chemical Brothers yes, or something they were like playing. that. Yep. And I think we, you know, we recognize some of their songs because they played them on, like K Rock and mm-hmm. alternative. Yeah, rock. this is when this is when um, the Crystal Method, something like that. You yes, know? this is when electro, electronic music is starting to become like right. a big thing. Yeah, like the birth of EDM, sort of. Pretty much, yeah. You, I would put uh, it in the late nineties. More mainstreaming of it for sure. I would say in America, it had already been a huge yeah. thing Fair. in Europe mm-hmm. for probably five or six years at that point. But in the United States, that's when you started to hear Moby, the Chemical Brothers. On the radio, but, and you're like, you know, huh? By then, though, you, you know, there were some sites too. You want to talk about people watching? Oh, it was boy. at it was at all time high. You know, like you couldn't believe the the shit you were seeing. <laughs> you know, naked people. You know, that was a thing. Uh, just you know, people in costumes just tripping you out, like just <laughs> wild stuff. Like you know, it was full on like another planet. Come Saturday night, you know, like what is this? Is, <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, holy smokes, <laughs> this is outrageous. You know? <laughs> so that's where the that's what the vibe was at, right? So, <laughs> Day two vibe check. Holy shit! Yeah, holy shit, this is outrageous. <laughs> but let's keep going because you yeah, know, we're we like, got another day. We paid for three days, but you your know? your like where you're at after Metallica on day two, like seems to be like in line with where everybody was at. Yeah. Kind of hungry, tired, 
banged up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, you know. Get mustering out one more day is yeah. kind of, you know, at, you get a little, like, a lot I of don't people, know if I can do it. But a lot of people did leave day three. Yep, yep. You notice that you notice the crowd size decreases, which was kind of nice mm-hmm. because it, Saturday was like. Too many a people. Too, too many. many. Yeah, yeah, overload. But I can understand the, I paid for this. I'm, I'm going to get stick it out. Day, three days worth. Yeah. Yeah. I get Plus, that. I mean, the, the lineup for Sunday was <laughs> pretty good. Uh, looking good, just as good. good you know? played. So, Woodstock 99, day three. <laughs> I, get, I couldn't tell you the headliner. I probably yeah. I probably slept through that one. I probably needed <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm going, I don't even know. Was it like the Whalers or something I like w- that? I or? will get into it. Yes, I will get into it. Okay. So by this time, there were literally thousands of people per day who were either being treated on site for head injuries, exhaustion, dehydration, and other such uh, ailments, either on site or in a local hospital. Remember, the vast majority of the attendees were college-aged kids who by this time were out of money, out of energy, and out of patience. The suffocating heat and lack of shade or cover only made the mental conditions of those in attendance even worse. Thankfully, the lineup for the last day of the festival was mostly tame compared to the lineup for the first two days, but by night's end it wouldn't matter. The conditions on the ground were made to look like a refugee camp after a natural disaster with trash all over the ground and the smell of urine and feces mm-hmm. permeating the air. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. The, medical yep. te- the medical tents were described as a triage unit with thousands having been treated over the weekend. Women described being sexually assaulted yeah, and younger shit. attendees reported that they feared for their lives. Just what you want from a music festival. I can imagine imagine. being kind of on the younger side and getting really intimidated by that. Yeah, You know, and like I can probably recall seeing, you know, or people that would fit that description, right? Of like they seem like macho, overly macho aggressive type of, you know, like. Oh, didn't mind maybe getting in a fight. Oh, yeah. We all know those guys. Necessarily wasn't the, the crowd I was with, but. You know, they would not to say that they couldn't hold their own because, you know, our good friend Richie O'Donnell. Yes. Rest in peace. He yes. was a, he was a good. Uh, a scrapper. He, he could scrap with the best of them. Yes. So, but, uh, you know, that was. You don't want to be caught up with there, those the, type of There was, there was definitely that feel that, you know, that could definitely be happening here. Right. Like it wasn't because we didn't see it, you know, and I may be talking from hindsight a little bit too at this point, but. Like you were staying out of it. If right, they, but you know, you, stepped you up could tell that people to, were starting yeah. to, you, you know, and you could hear like, you know, oh, they ransacked a tent or mm. like a something, right? So there was yeah. starting to hear things, and like, you know, the visual of it was, you know, refugee camp fits it pretty, you know, pretty good. I remember I can recall a anytime you were in a crowd, right, and there would have been like paper plates, napkins, cups, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you got a slice of pizza on a, on yeah, a, just paper, a plate. paper plate. Yeah. Well, you know they're. What do you do if you're in a crowd of thousand deep, just right? Throw it on the ground. You're gonna throw it on the ground because yeah. you're already gonna see some other. So what people would do would uh, would be eventually to kind of kick them into like piles, right? So that you yeah. weren't standing. So there would be like you'd mini landfills. Oh my yeah, God, that's disgusting. Ugh. But I could see it happening. You know, and it would be <laughs> yeah. like so where you're standing, right? There may be a pile where people where you just kick it all, and yeah. then like the crowd isn't on top of that, right? Right. So it's just a natural way to be like well let's clear some of this out you know and there wasn't any cans around so you know it was but i mean i can i'll wait till day three to say what happened to some of those piles yeah oh yeah (laughs) or later in day three we'll get there yeah okay my god 
Uh, where did I leave off? Okay. So, opening the E stage, again, this is the main stage, for the last day of the festival would be... Mm. <laughs> he's, looking, he's, look, he's looking on the two, the, the special two CD set, oh, still available man. on Westinghouse.com. <laughs> Columbia House. Columbia House, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe Rusted Root or something like that, who You're knows? Very close. It was yeah. Willie Nelson. Oh, Willie. Willie. Sir Willie Nelson. He was followed by Elvis Costello. Really? Elvis Jewel. Costello. Jewel. They're really going light, low yes. key here. I and know. Creed. <laughs> well, now Creed, Creed was watched later in the evening, though. Yes. I don't give out the entire, right. like, but like the, of the notable actually, ones. Creed came on prior to the headliner of day or Sunday. Yes. So the only reason I even know who Jewel is, is my sister, sister. around this time was learning to play acoustic guitar yep. and played You Were Meant For Me. And that's like, I still know all the words to You Were Meant For Me. I know nothing else about Jewel other than she's Alaskan yep. and yep. never got her teeth straightened. That's all I know about Jewel. <laughs> I think that kind of made her more attractive yeah. to me, but anyway. Hey, I'm not dogging yeah. her for it. Yeah. That's so, fine. You know, throwing a little... Uh... What happened with Creed, uh, they invited Robbie Krieger from, from the, the Doors, Doors, who came oh, wow. out, and they played uh, Roadhouse Blues and uh, People Are Strange, maybe? They, like they get into that in the HBO documentary, and it's not received very well, but anyway. I mean, I don't... <laughs> it's I, sad. I, I, well, but it's just an unreceptive audience. Well, it's, it's because they bring up the point that when the door and the doors were popular at that time, still for people our age, sure, yeah, they were. Well, yeah. didn't the Val Kilmer um, movie come yes, out? Yes, uh, in 1990. Oh, but okay, anyway, but they still had a presence. But looking back on it, it's like most people at tw- when they were 22 in 1999, like were the doors. No, you would you would you yeah. would have got their greatest hits album off of Columbia House. Yep. And, yes. and added it to your CD collection and, yes. you know, bring it out occasionally. Because yes, bring it out at a party where they, everybody's I mean, smoking, they, smoking yeah, joints. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got great songs. But so, <laughs> you know, seeing, seeing a Woodstock legend or, you know, somebody from that time era mm-hmm. was uh, was kind of cool, right? And it was, I think at that moment, it almost felt like there was hope. <laughs> we can redeem this. We yeah, can bring it I back. swear to God, because it was like, you know, it was like sentimental. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, you, it was coming to an end. And it was like, there was... I started to feel like it was. It's gonna be okay. Shit. It's gonna page. be all right. We're, yeah, like it's it, like like that mound of paper plates right. over there. That's ten feet high. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna re- re- remind me a little bit of Eden Fest in '96 that we went right. It it got out of hand there, but I mean, you know, in the end, it was yeah, it was all right. You know, nothing to write home about as far as you know, you know, it was squeaky no. clean, but I didn't fear know, for my life. I, I knew that feeling of how I could escape this place. Yeah, in one piece <laughs> with you know with. And with only good memories, right? So the West Stage would open with Spitfire for the third day in a row. I've never heard of really? this band. Yeah. I've never. Have you ever heard? Uh, I, are they I a local Rome band? Maybe they, they might be. For three days in a row. Yes, but they can't be a local. There, there's, there's a different stage for the local. Like I mentioned that I earlier. Oh. That's going to be my fun fact. You're going to enjoy that one. Okay. Who is local so, Rome? For the third day in a row, the West Stage would open with Spitfire. Never heard of them. Maybe I'll check them out after doing yeah. this, just to see. Followed by Our Lady Peace, another one of Canada's favorites. OP was pretty good, yeah. Rusted Root. Here we go. Oh, Seven Dust and yeah. Collective Soul. Oh, yeah. The yeah. West Stage would close out the festival with performances from Godsmack and yep. ending with Megadeth. Yep. yep. Megadeth. <clears throat> I remember hearing a little bit of those. do that. <laughs> I, I remember spending most of the day there um, with the fellas 
in like a beer tent. Did you bring any? A beer tent with a little bit of like shade, right? And Which I'm sure it was we was were clutch we at literally that time. sat on the ground and we were close enough to hear the music. And at that point, that was okay, right? We didn't need to be any closer. We didn't, yeah, need, didn't need to be standing up <laughs> at that point. So, you know, we spent a lot of the day just kind of lounging around, drinking beers, people watching. Chilling out. Much yeah. more relaxed, just, you know, exhausted. But excited to, you know, you know, we were going to go to the main stage and see Creed and the headliner, you know. Do, you want, do I have to save that for you? Oh, no, who's I, the headliner? I, I'm going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We will get into that. Who's it going to be? So, uh, for their encore... Oh my goodness, who is the most 90s band I Oh, it's, it's very that's 90s. Pretty much the it's most very 90s. 90s band there is, yeah. yeah. As soon as I say them, you're going to be like, that. that's obvious. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the West Stage closed out with Megadeth. So, for their encore... Good evening! Me- Megadeth performed one of their biggest hits, Irony and All, Peace Sells But Who's Buying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Great fucking just song. Wrap up the whole weekend. Dude, that is in metal. Oh yeah, chronology. That's like fuck. That's like one of the you best know, songs. Megadeth was it's always such a little a bit like uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh like, yeah, but they, just, they always but just talked about the thrash the, metal know, version. The man and okay. you know, yeah, I was. They were all yes. political and huh. yeah. I may have to listen to Megadeth. Yeah. Yes, I mean it's Megadeth. Like, what do you mean you're not listening to them? Exactly. I like a band with a good socialist message, frankly. I don't know if their message is socialist. I'd say more on the anarchist bent, but that works. Oh, I'm cool with anarchy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, you know, they were kind of like probably anti-communist and, you know, like socialist probably. I don't think they were They're definitely it. anti-capitalist, yeah, too. They weren't, yeah. Okay, as yeah. long as they're anti-capitalist, yes, we can talk. they are definitely that. I don't know that they trust anybody. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hence. <laughs> Megadeth. Hence the anarchy. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're right on, Dave. So the two acts that would close the East Stage would be Creed, who I, who I already mentioned. Can you take me and the last home? act for the entire festival would be... Give it away, give it away, give it away, <laughs> give it away now. RHCP! Yeah. See, it, like, now that you know... Oh my goodness. And, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just for reference, at that moment, they had just come out with that album... Uh, Californication. Californication. was brand new, and that, that album is... You know, it's a pretty band. solid album. It's a solid album. It, Scar yeah. Tissue is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And that was probably ever. that was that had come out that summer. Yep. That was, you know, their their new hit. I remember getting that album because the apartment complex that I just moved to at the time, I was so swimming in cash at the time. <laughs> it had three pools. Damn. It did. And it's like the time. second pool was like right like across from where our building was. So every fucking day that summer, like after work, yeah. especially on the weekend. Like that's where we were with my your boombox with my portable boombox. But not only playing Californication, mm-hmm. but probably that Kid Rock album. Yes, absolutely, and probably, probably Limp Biscuit as well. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, yes. no doubt. And Corn. Yep. I mean, you had to play those like here and so, there. You didn't want to scare away people. You could throw some Creed in there too. Though. <laughs> yes. I mean, Creed was big. That second there. album was not out yet. Not not, not yet. During the, not not during what this did, time. What did you play to get the ladies to come over? Uh, probably like Dave Matthews Band. That's always that's, that's, that's an easy. So stuff. in in 1999, that is like a fucking. That's like an an ace up your sleeve. Lame. Not not lame. That was just like, not lame in you 1999. Needed a squeegee for the floor afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you talking about Dave Matthews? Lame. Holy. Today, yes. 2021, yes. I love that. So you, you kept like censoring yourself and not saying just curse words where you could, 
And then you come out with that. I'm proud of you, Chad. Thank you. Thank you. I'm the curse word probably would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You better keep that shit. You know what's, I, you know what's funny? Californication is one of my least favorite Chili Pepper songs. Yeah, the song itself is is, is, it's is okay. The album, kind of the, al- right? the album is so good. The album is actually. I mean, yeah. I, well, and then the their slower, mellower stuff. I'm not a fan. Like the with the birds, I see this. See, that's one of my favorite songs. But their high tempo stuff is fantastic yeah, like, as well. Don't stop and they give it away now. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Their their mellow stuff is a little boring. It can be. I, I in agree my with opinion, that. I agree with that statement. So earlier that day, an anti-gun activist group named PAX passed out candles to commemorate the events of the shooting that took place at Columbine High School, like which had earlier. only happened months earlier, Ugh. to be lit during the Chili Peppers song, Under the Bridge, as a tribute to the victims of Columbine. Oh no, Did this? is this a... You'll never guess oh, no. what happened after the candles were lit. Did they light the garbage on fire? So while performing the song, it became clear that there were several small to medium fires happening in the crowd, with lead singer Anthony Kiedis commenting on stage, quote, it's looking like apocalypse now out there, unquote. Uh, Chad, would you you like to take over of what you were experiencing at this moment? So, (laughs) you remember those piles I was talking about? (laughs) You said they would become important later. Yeah, so, well, or... (laughs) We, because they were literally everywhere, and if there was a jackass with a lighter, which was, you know, everybody, <laughs> like there, there was, was always the jackass. That shit, five. And that, you know, it would be, it would light up because it was all just paper, all paper. products, yeah. all paper yeah. products. You know, and when it all goes up, it's it's big and you know, kind of dies. And it out dies rather, down pretty yeah. quick, rather, yeah. rather quickly. But I mean, there were there Keep were fires going. all around us, like <laughs> literally where we were standing most days, what we got comfortable with. Like there was probably. Three that were uncomfortable, right, in a crowd to see a fire kind of pop up from the ground and cause people to move away from, right? And so, and then seeing one that way from, you know, the other direction and you're forced to another direction. Um, But I, one of the songs, oh, because they play Jimi Hendrix. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. Okay, sorry, man. No, that's okay. My memories are one step ahead, but... uh, yeah, so it was it was nerve wracking for sure. I I can imagine. Yeah, and, and it maybe, looks maybe, it looks it looks nerve wracking just watching it like the video of it. Yeah. It's like there's fires like literally everywhere. Literally, probably the first time, or not the first time, but for real time was like maybe we should get out of here, mm. right? Maybe, maybe we, we should just leave. Maybe we should go back to the campsite and call we'll it. Stay there. Yeah, I mean be there and and uh, you know, but it was like nah, we can do this, right? It's we're almost to the end. Like, they got maybe, I don't know, you know, 30 minutes, an hour left. We can do this, right? But that's, you know, that's that's not a bad instinct because a crowd disaster could have happened really, well, maybe it did. I don't know. I haven't heard the rest of this. Could have happened really quick based on people trying yeah. to get away from a fire. For and sure. converging bottlenecks the, everywhere. Yeah. The, only, the only saving grace on that, I'd say, was that there was less people at that point in time than there had yeah. been pretty much throughout the entire weekend. Uh-huh. So it felt... A little more, more open. Spacious. A little bit more space for that, which is what kind of made us stay anyway, because we were like, you know, if it was that same sort of Saturday feel, we probably would have, you know, went somewhere else. But instead, we were like, I think we can do it. So the uh, Chili Peppers, though, I remember, you can hear it on the, the CD, but I remember being there, and you could hear Anthony Kiedis, like, 
go over to Flea and kind of whisper, like, should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah, man, let's fucking do it. They bring that up in the documentary. And so then they they go into playing the song Fire. By Jimi Hendrix. By Jimi Hendrix. Oh, let me stand next to your fire. Right. As the fires are definitely easily popping out, right? Oh. (laughs) And like, so there was that another, it seems like they're, you know, that's, that's kind of that pinnacle of feeling un, the most unsafe I had felt during that entire time was that. Wow. Yeah. And that's, and they, so they played that song after they played their main set. They had one encore to do because they had five minutes to wrap things up. The mayor of Rome, not pleaded or what, just kind of mentioned to him like, hey, can you say something to do whatever to bring the crowd down? The reason they played that song, and in their defense, this is, all this is true. They had that song in their set list. Yeah. Oh, okay. The reason they played it was because they had become friends with Jimi Hendrix's sister. Huh. She wanted them to play it as a tribute to him. Aww. For yeah. the... So, oh. but... So talk about bad timing, huh? Yeah, just bad. But that's what time. I'm saying. All things considered... Right. That's interesting. That's probably the last song you want to play... Mm. In that you moment. Know, during fires? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you know, but to be honest, like, these guys were bare-ass naked with only socks on their cock. I was going to I was gonna ask if they were doing yes. the it's in the It's yeah. in the documentary. Okay. Yes. And uh, I remember at one point, Flea had uh, gone up to, like, the the camera that was right there with a, like, by his, you know, speaker or whatever, like, mm-hmm. pointed up at mm-hmm. him. So his legs up on top of it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And it's underneath the bass, and all you can is just all of it. Just he slap bass and it's slapping. It's like it was just a it was a scene, right? But that was there's a lot that's of prototypical Chili Peppers, right? Yes. They were known for their antics on stage. I don't, not so much anymore, but you know that's they were that wild side, and they were bringing that wildness. Right? I think that was an excellent choice of a closer. Yeah, you know, just not in that circumstance. Because you know, at that point, they're a veteran rock band. At that time, right? oh god, still yeah. putting out hits. You mm-hmm. know, multi generations probably like them. You know, that went mm-hmm. into them. So their music was, you know, for the oldest people there and the and the youngest people there. You know, I didn't even ask. There were jumbotrons. Then I assume. Sure. Yeah, there was. You know, at the side of the stage and stuff like that. Like these, uh, you can see them over here. They were actually okay. past that stage because the stage itself was just this gigantic thing. Right. You know. And I remember there was like this, it was like a circle over here. Right? Oh, okay. I mean, off to the sides, there were, you know, for the time it was big. Yeah. That mm-hmm. looks small now, but I mean, yeah. for, for the time. Yeah. And the clarity of it was, you know, mm-hmm. was kind of. Like, this is before HD. Yeah, because I remember yeah. all of us were like, look how awesome that looks, right? Because it was necessary to look at that because of how big the crowd was, right? Sure. But it was like, it, it, yeah, sure. you know, it looked great. So that was a tangent. But, no, 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 no. No, that's, that's all good. Yeah. And that. So basically, like, that's how Woodstock 99 musically came to an end. Okay. With a cover of the song Fire by Jimi Hendrix from the Red Hot Chili Peppers while there are literally... Fires in the crowd. Fires just breaking out Mm -hmm. all over the place. Like, they show them playing that song and panning out to the crowd... All you can see are all these little small to like, medium fires you know, all like, over the place. It's like having like a burn barrel, basically. <laughs> yes. You know, like just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So did any of them get out of control? I'm guessing no. Not really. No, they didn't no. appear to be. You know, and being what they were made of, you could probably stomp them out with a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, fair. You know. And because there really wasn't 
anything else to catch on fire. You know? It was clearly chaotic and dangerous if yes. anybody got hurt. It definitely created that, a chaotic yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah, that was unlike any, you know, normal concert you go to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they don't do that? Like when we go to concerts at PNC Arena? There's no. not. Well, I mean, I've seen some higher techniques before, but I know, have. Yes. Not not with the crowd being able to, you know, light them themselves. Mm-mm. So by this time, small fires were popping up all over the festival grounds, and I mean, like, all over. Like, you can just see it in the the overhead footage. Mm. All you can see are just these little fires all over the little place. Little fires everywhere. Yes. This caused Kurt Loder <laughs> from oh, MTV <laughs> News. Mm-hmm. I just saw he turned 76 today. Oh, my God. Yeah, he yeah. was old back what? then. 76. Yeah. Isn't that, that wild? So that means he was... He was 50 or 54, something. 54, like when this was going yeah. on. 53. Elder statesman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Kurt Loder of MTV News was backstage getting ready to interview the Chili Peppers to suddenly end the broadcast and get the fuck out of there. Like, you can He's also... Like, okay, bye. You can also see that MTV, uh, uh, MTV News on YouTube. He He's, like, kind of, like, surveying, and he's just like, you know what, I think we're going to get out of here, and we're yeah, going to end bye. the broadcast, and then... Yep. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably wisely. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how to end it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're into now we're into where it really just goes bad. Just goes fucking sure. insane. There's nothing else to take people's mind off anything, no. right? Mm-hmm. Attendees then started tearing down sound towers, <sighs> flipping cars over and lighting them on fire, and then looting the dozens of tractor trailers that had supplies for the vendors that were on site. People working the vendor tents, most of whom were small business owners that oh, made the products a- they were selling themselves, suddenly found themselves defending their tents amongst hordes of people trying to steal whatever they could get their hands on. Some vendors described it as Lord of the Flies. Do you remember that too much? No, I don't remember stuff? seeing the, uh, like the small I hope, vendors. I hope stuff. you don't, because that no. means you weren't there for it. No, yeah, yeah. you weren't. But the, it did the, happen. The small vendors and that would be selling jewelry or you know whatever, crafts, mm-hmm. art, whatever. Uh, definitely didn't. It happened to all vendors, by the way. Didn't see Not that. Just yeah, them. But I, can, I have comments on you know commercial vendors yeah. that I you know will add to, but I, I never saw that. No. Mm. So what are those comments commercial about the? Uh, yeah. Vendors. Oh well, the tractor trailers. So when we went back to our tents after the show, and um, some of those trailers, tractor trailers, weren't incredibly far from where we our tents were. And we, you know, there was a crowd of people and just a ruckus, right? So we went to go see what was going on. And they they were ripping the back, breaking the lock off of like a 18-wheeler, the oh, back, right? Like the, uh-huh. the big arm lock on it. Mm-hmm. And they got it open and like they started just, you know, going through the boxes and like throwing them out so people could get them and they keep going. Like some of these tractor trailers were loaded full. Yeah. And no joke. So when we were there, one truck or at least the boxes that they got to, was completely filled with glow sticks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so when we saw it was glow sticks, we ran closer uh-huh. and got, like, handfuls because what everybody had started doing uh-huh. was just throwing them in the air with, like, a big countdown. And then it became, like, a war of sides. Like So you'd hear somebody, like, with a bowhorn... Like 10, 9, 8. And so one side would throw them and it would be like, you know, those medieval. It was like a lob. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, a, like an arrow. Like yeah, a, with arrows on fire coming down, <laughs> right? And you'd get hit by them. Boom, 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 boom. And you'd pick up as many as you could and you'd wait to it and you'd throw them back. 
So I mean, it was it was that's kind of it was jovial, but that I mean, was cute to be fair. <laughs> so that was like, and it was you know we, that's what we saw, and then uh, but another tractor trailer was full of Coleman camp gear. Oh, and people were just like you know tents, mm-hmm. uh, sleeping bags, all the, all the nice you know nice stuff that you'd mm-hmm. want for comfort there. Coleman was making a killing, you know, like yeah. So all you know, a whole tractor trailer just. I remember cardboard boxes being, you know, taken out and then just ripped open. People just running off with them, like. <laughs> well, to be That's fair, they just all you see. Yeah, and before you knew it, like the tractor trailer was looted in like you know fifteen minutes. <laughs> to be fair, with probably what they were charging on site, they probably still made a profit. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, and they had insurance. I mean, they literally yeah. had insurance with that tractor you know, trailer. Is it a crime? Yes. <laughs> Am I that Is mad it about it? Be okay? Not really. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You know, like it'd be one thing as like some local art. I make sleeping bags. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. That's it would, kind of it that's take, a super dick move. Yeah, right? it'd yeah. take them like a week yeah. to finish one. Like they churn them out. Like Coleman five, can. Uh, yeah, they're they, all right. They can absorb it. Yeah. So that was. Uh, oh wow. That was what we saw, and that I can remember. We were hoping. I remember everybody was like hoping it would be like beer. Like, <laughs> you know, like maybe weed. Be, yeah. The weed truck is yeah. here. It's not even like, close to being legal, know, but it might be some nitrous here. oxide in. I don't, you know, like. But uh, you know, the popper truck is. They're glow stick. It was hilarious, and I mean, the 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 war went on for like you know fifteen twenty minutes. That's you know, until, until you had been hit with the them too many times, bomb. right? And they were they were just scattered everywhere, right? And you, I think you could see it in the distance, like where some other trucks were parked on another part. You could see the same thing going on. <laughs> So it was just, so you know. it's just a natural human thing to do. Right. When yes, you find it was a truck yeah. full of glow sticks. Yeah, I guess there could have been worse things, right? Um, right. Yes. I'm sure there's evidence out there of their, you know, more high, higher Much dollar stuff things. than you know tents, um, but you know, that was it was it was, it was real and happening for sure. So after several hours of this uh, glow stick wars and all, <laughs> yeah, the state police showed up to disperse the crowd. The crowd, likely tired by this point, offered little resistance and just went back to their campsites, leaving behind one of the most infamous music festival experiences <laughs> on record to this day. Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing I want to say about uh, the documentary and uh, YouTube clips that I've watched. The riot police that show up, none of them are wearing bulletproof vests. None of them are wearing... They just look like normal dudes with nightsticks and showing some, up. And some horses, like, That yeah. was like the first thing that popped in my mind is like, if those people were showing up today, oh, they yeah. would be fucking armed to the teeth. Well, yeah. knee pads, elbow pads, we fucking water cannons, Kevlar helmets. Gosh, we like do it. know how militarized the police is. Oh yeah, but that's and that's well, that's what's the, ha- that's what's happening. The, con- the contrast of that, like that was the first thing I noticed. Like that guy's just wearing a shirt. Yeah, that, that, just, say, that just says that just Pre-9/11 says America. like yeah. Officer Downs or whatever it says. Yeah. he's not even wearing a fucking helmet. Uh-huh. All he has, like, you know he's got a gun, because every cop yeah. does, but it's just a line of cops with nightsticks. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's all it is. Not yeah. even shields. No, That's nothing. wild. No. I do remember seeing, you know, some some increased security and, and uh, police at the end, but, you know, they were, they didn't have, I didn't see them have to do much, right? Like, yeah. They were, Sounds like everyone they, was just like, okay. Yeah, like, like we got it out of our now. system. And, right. It was, and you know, what are the cops going to do, right? Yeah. When they're when you're that outnumbered, and yeah. like, you know, there's that's not. It's a, just it's not you a form move. a line, make a presence. Hopefully, people right. respond. Tell them to move along. Grab one or two along the way yep. to make. That's a, all you got to do. You got to make an example out of one or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which there was a lot of that, out, you know. Like, 
You're pressing your leg, dude. Don't get Smack. that. Don't get that close to that cop. Oh, you're down. You're, you're lucky you weren't there, David. You're off. I've no, I've never, I've never, I've never gotten assaulted by a policeman. No, um, no, but I mean, like, arrested, I have, I have been arrested. <laughs> well, I'm just, yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, but uh, no, <laughs> I've never. I've you're never, lucky you weren't there. That would have changed the whole. I've seen was. like one of my friends like in Clemson like get hit by not hit hard but just like a little whacked, just a little With move along. Club? Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like you know, it was like yeah. you want to say something to him, but what are you going to say? <laughs> like I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's like yeah, listen, cop. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that, the last thing I'm sure the cops wanted was that sort of scene, right? I'm sure that it was an uncomfortable experience for yeah. any officer out there. You know, it was it was out of control, right? We needed some adults on the scene. <laughs> yeah, right? like somebody called the adults, and even though, like the illegal adults were not being very adult, there was no adulting going on there. <laughs> you know, like even done. even Kurt Loder was like, "I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, out. Like, I'm done. I'm not game." Like, like, I'm too, I'm too yeah. old for that. He was the oldest dude there. <laughs> he might have been, other than the promoters. Yeah, and Robbie Krieger. <laughs> yeah. So now we are into the aftermath. So police investigated four instances of rape that occurred at the concert. Oh, that would later change to eight. Oh. And we know it was fucking way more than oh, that. Oh yeah, that's just reported. And- mm-hmm. At least five rapes and numerous other sexual assaults and harassment were reported to authorities. So the numbers on that are just kind of all over the place. And that's where you see the difference. Like, I'm sure as like a 21-year-old guy going there with your friends, trying to be relatively like, okay, we're going to have fun, but we're not going to do anything. (laughs) We're not going to sexually Uh, assault. Yes. Like, why you need to go into a situation like... No sexual assault tonight, guys? Like, can we agree on that? Which would be a very different experience from what, like, a woman your age would have experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. And it was, you know, I guess... It's my fucking, my it's, experience is, is definitely from a, a, a privileged yeah, white male yeah, having a, having a great time in, mm-hmm. in 99 America, you yep, know? That's fair. Like, it was it was a fun time. That, I remember 99 America. That, that, yeah, festival, yeah. that yeah. festival was made for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is what we did to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't have nice things so, can't have nice things this is why there's not a Woodstock 2004 right. or 9 they were going to do a 2019 I kind of cut that out of uh, I, I worked on this for like seven and a half hours straight yeah, I remember the and like couldn't see anything <laughs> after a while but they were going to do a 50th anniversary in 2019 yeah. and about a year before they were like because the the shooting in uh, Las Vegas had just kind of happened uh-huh. People were just like, and this we're just is not feeling it. Well, and this is pre-coronavirus too. You got to, but people yeah. were just like, we don't want to show up in large crowds anymore in case somebody guns us down. Well, that was kind of like the. There's plenty you know, of things to be worried about in crowds now. Co- costs prohibitive. Yeah. And, you know, like you know, having to redeem yourself of being like you guys charge five dollars for a bottle of water. You yeah. Know, like yeah. And the track do you, record's How do you great. redeem yourself? Yeah. Right? Like exactly. Easy to fail on that one. Yeah. yeah. Very easy to fail. Yeah. You can just give it away. Yeah. Give it away, give away. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the chili pepper said. Yeah. So eyewitnesses also reported a crowd-surfing woman woman being pulled down to the crowd in gang rapes in the mosh pit during oh, the biscuit set. Oh, God, that's awful. A volunteer also reported seeing Trigger a gang warning. rape. That's Ugh. true. I'm sorry. Trigger warning. Uh, during Korn's performance. Oh, that's horrible. Approximately 12 trailers, and again, these are not... Like trailers that oh I'm moving like across town. No, These are fucking eighteen wheelers. Yeah, yeah. You know, forty Semis. feet fucking long. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So approximately 12 trailers, a small bus, and a number of booths and portable toilets were damaged by fire in the fray. Okay. Damaged by fire, meaning they were a little blaze at one point or another. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the ones near us <clears throat> lit on fire, but yeah. you know there was easily probably hundreds of trucks there. Six people were injured, reportedly injured, during this whole Melee. Friday night, <laughs> Sunday night, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. <laughs> yes. Bad. Again, this is what is reported, not the not the sure, actuality sure. of you know, what. Happened. Imagine everybody having Facebook ninety nine. Yeah, yes. right. And how this would yeah. be perceived. <laughs> One individual, David DeRosia, collapsed in the mosh pit during the Metallica performance. Mm-hmm. Concert medical staff initially tried to treat his sim- symptoms, which were seizures, mm-hmm. and what doctors suspected to be a drug overdose. DeRosia was transported to the Air Force Base Medical Center and was then airlifted to University Hospital in Syracuse. A little more than an hour after he had collapsed, DeRosia's body temperature was 107 degrees oh Fahrenheit or 42 degrees Celsius. The following afternoon, he was in a coma, and a doctor had diagnosed him with hyperthermia, probably secondary to heat stroke. Wow. After being in a coma for another day, DeRosia died at 12.09 p.m. Oh, on Monday, July 26, making him the third out of three victims. Two died on site. He was okay. the third. He died wow. on site. That 107. Mm. That, that was his body temperature. The autopsy report ruled the death as accidental and listed the cause yeah. of death as to be hyperthermia, hyperthermia, uh-huh. not hypo, uh-huh. along with an enlarged heart and obesity. In 2001, DeRosia's mother filed a lawsuit in New York State Supreme Court against the promoters of Woodstock 99 and six doctors who worked at the event. The lawsuit stated that DeRosia died because concert promoters were negligent by not providing enough fresh water and inadequate medical care for 400,000 attendees. I'm not, I'm not going to fault a grieving mother for doing that, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Could nope. be a case there, I suppose, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe a yeah. legal case, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're going to tie that in in mm. the, in the, in the uh, end. You know, I don't know. We never really discussed it, but you could, you know, at your campsite, you could bring all like, sorts of stuff in, right? You could have coolers full of beer and water and things, you know, to keep you hydrated mm-hmm. a lot, right? So that existed. You didn't have to buy everything there. That was... When you were in the concert grounds, right, where the, where that's the stages where you had were. To. Yeah. Right. And that's usually some sort of checkpoint even too, right? Mm-hmm. And so beyond that, in the camping area was where you could, you know, have all your, your, your wares and your living, you know, consumer goods and stuff like that. So. But you can see how someone might be like, oh, well, there will be wa- a water supply sure. there or something maybe mistakenly. You yeah. Know? I mean, so. we were all mistaken and shocked by the water cost. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and what you had to drink and have, yeah. right? We we were fine with if it was coming from a hose, it's right? Sprinkled on, sure. You know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because as as, as opposed to four dollars yeah. for a yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was potable water, and that was fine. You know, it cooled you down, and you could drink mm-hmm. some of it, but mm-hmm. it was you know that's what we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so members of the National Organization for Women later protested the sexual violence against women, which occurred at the concert outside the New York offices of one of the concert promoters. Several lawsuits by concertgoers against the promoters for dehydration and distress were announced. The New York Times interviewed festival performers Rage Against the Machine for their opinion of the festival's controversy. Guitarist Tom Morello was quoted, quote, Hey man, leave the kids alone. I've had enough of the frenzied demonization of young people surrounding Woodstock 99. Yes, Woodstock was filled with predators, the degenerate idiots who assaulted those women, the greedy promoters who wrung every cent out of those thirsty concertgoers, and last but not least, the predator media that turned a blind eye to real violence 
and scapegoated the quarter of a million music fans at Woodstock 99, the vast majority of whom had the time of their lives. Unquote. Nice! That's my man Tom. Yeah! So on to the financial costs Mm. of Woodstock 99. So the event cost $38 million to produce, $61 million today. Big time. The promoters definitely lost money, but I went, there was dollar figures all over the place, so I didn't want to be like, they lost this much money. They lost money. Okay. Like, it's okay. a question of how much, and there are still lawsuits pending to this day. Wow. As there usually wow. is with something like this. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, I'm sure those lawsuits and, and just the cleanup and the carnage that mm-hmm. ensued added, you know... Millions of dollars. To, well, I mean, here's the first thing that uh, New York State's going to do. Those promoters, they're we had to have riot police showed up, so you're going to be you're charged. Gonna you're going to be charged for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. who knows how the fuck yeah. much that costs? Uh-huh. I'm sure, the state was uh, right there. Here's the bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every minute you're still here. <laughs> that's, that's another. Yeah. That's another hundred thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> Stay another ten minutes. That's yeah. a million. There it is. Keep him here for ten minutes. 20 minutes, that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, so $61 million today to produce. It, by all means, they lost money. Okay. Tickets for the three-day festival were $150 plus service charges. Again, uh, $253 today. Water was $4 for a 20-ounce bottle and $12 for a personal, personal pizza, $10 for a bur- burrito, and $15 for a bag of ice, all of which I mentioned earlier. $15 for a bag of ice? Yes. As for the overall chaos in numbers, 44 people were arrested. Again, that's officially. 10,000 people sought medical attention, and Ooh, there were eight lot. reported rapes. Just eight that's reported not, rapes. That's reported. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, and three deaths. One of them, yeah. uh, one of them off-site. Uh, Los Lobos, who, or Los Lobos. Los Lobos. Who performed on the West stage on that final Sunday, stated that the price gouging likely contributed to the crowd's hostility. I can see Quote, that. This is a very... Dude, this is pretty spot on. So, quote, This is the first generation that's been branded their whole lives. They've been identified as a market opportunity since they took their first breath. And we take these people and tell them this is going to be culturally and historically significant, and it turns out to be just another commercial, I'd probably get pretty pissed off too. Hmm. Unquote. Well, I like that. Fun facts about the festival. My funnest fun fact maybe ever in the history of fun facts on the show. Is this the one that you're saying you couldn't yes. wait to tell me? So, fun fact. John Entwistle. Of the who? Bass player. Performed on day three on the emerging artist stage. What? <laughs> the who's bass player was in a Was an emerging artist in 1999. Who's this guy? What? I'm sorry, one of the most iconic bass players of all time. I fucking couldn't believe it when I saw it. And I I referenced like four different sites to be like, what was the set list? And he showed up like every time. Any hope I I just had of trying to get Rachel to think that it was... was, gone. There was something something there. It's gone. Yeah. No, I fucking saw it like the first time, like right when I was like wrapping everything up, and I was just like, "Wait, what the fuck? Wait a second, like that that John Entwistle? He's a bass god. What? Emerging artist. Emerging artist. The former bass player of the Who. John Entwistle. 
part of the reason that you're listening to the music <laughs> you're listening to now. He is an emerging artist now. He played as the first Woodstock 30 years ago. Well, how, ago. Was it, how was the show, though? I mean, so some there was a bunch of lucky people there, I Yes, bet. there were. Yeah. So, you know? He was an yeah. emerging artist, yeah. like John Entwistle. Yeah, we get yeah. to discover John Entwistle. It reminded me. I wonder if he was on the schedule for it, or it just kind of popped up, because... Yeah, that's there was, fair. There's like, I remember at the Bonnaroo's that I went to, they had like this uh, kind of like stage that I think XM Radio at the time sure. was on. And you never know. They didn't really announce, and there would uh, always be a surprise like artist or somebody there, up. and it would be like, like that's what uh, that's what Bob and Jen said about uh, what is it, the Orange Peel? In yeah, Nashville? yeah. They were like, they were like, every night we'll call because like sometimes people will just show up. Yeah. yeah, like an unscheduled show. Yeah, and famous you just, people. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of uh, pretty high profile players. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, you know, but I don't know if I would have went and seen them though. I'm sorry, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> if he was going up against Limp Biscuit, there's no way. No. There's no way. There's no way. He was going up against Megadeth. That's yeah. even No, he doesn't. Even, even definitely worth, even Megadeth over him. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, even less you know? of a chance. So, oh no goodness. offense. No offense. <laughs> that was Woodstock 99. Wow. Wowdy wow wow. And that was one of our, I'd say we have about close to a dozen Megasodes at this point. Probably. We've got we've got more Let's than one it. or two. We're at two hours thirteen minutes recording time. There you go. Hey, so I, I appreciate you letting me uh, relive these oh, moments. Oh no, thanks for like, coming on for you know, sure. Some of those uh, memories lay stagnant until you talk about. Them, yeah. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I just remember being like, I just remember still being in that like headspace because we grew up in such a small town, and like this and that. It's like, well, I couldn't go to Woodstock '99 because that's just what other people do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like having that, like I didn't realize until like later in life, like oh, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you were you now one of those people. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just like if yeah. I want to go see something, or it's just like there's just make it happen. But at that mm-hmm. point, it was just like you know, again, because we grew up in such a like a barren mm-hmm. place. <laughs> yeah, fun things didn't come to us. Yeah, we had to find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or create or them ourselves. It. Yeah, I and, re- that, and that's when that's when like. <laughs> Possible injuries happening. So several I, injuries. I want to, you know, if I can go back to the then the feeling of, uh, mm-hmm. of leaving the place, right? Absolutely. Of, mm-hmm. You know, yes. you, you want to talk about, you know, drugs and stuff could give you a high and you get a low from, right? Right. Uh, good times, happiness, you get a high from it, you get a mm-hmm. low from it, right? All that energy and er- that went into being there at Woodstock and seeing how it ended. And like just being at the bottom of your your level of exhaustion, you know that a forty minute drive home was dangerous because who was going to stay awake? Yeah, right? forty minutes. You know, like, <laughs> right. We may have stopped like three times on that drive home, yeah. you know. So, and then when you leave, it's just such a, a sad, sad scene, right? Mm-hmm. Almost any festival gives you that experience, yeah. sure, right? Especially those camping ones where people, you know, there's that many people. But at the at the Peace Wall. Right, that they they mm-hmm. had erected there. That <laughs> they tore down. <laughs> they uh, later. There was uh, cops there, and they were checking every vehicle as they left. Okay. For stolen goods. Okay. Right. So maybe for uh you know for any reason we were still nervous to have cops, cops looking around your car check our and we were all in a in a four door truck with a with a bed you know with mm-hmm. a tunnel cover over the back, and they looked in it and. I didn't realize that a couple of my friends that I hadn't gone with had taken a oh, Coleman no. tent and a lantern oh, no. 
and went back afterwards and put it in their tent and folded it all up and like you know tried to get it. And the cops saw that and they just threw it into a big pile, right? Okay. And there was already a pile there, and they let us go on our way, and you know we were like, get, okay, get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's go back to you know where <laughs> to the we, real world. Yeah, let's go back home, <laughs> and you know this is gonna take a week. To, <laughs> Recover. You know. And it was one of those things, you know, with the guys that I went with, um, one of them was in college with me and the other two were, you know, lived in other cities in northern New York. But, you know, it was, you wanted to relive it all the time, right? Mm. You wanted to talk about it. You wanted to share your experience because there were so many experiences that were just, you know, first and out of this world experiences and part of something big, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's got a, it's, it's tarnished, it's got a tarnished image. It was still like anytime you could say I got some together with four hundred thousand people. Yeah. Right. I mean that's. Yeah. You know it wasn't in the na- in the name of peace and love, but. You know it was in the name of. It was in the name of corn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, Killing you in know, the name of. So I mean that is that is what I take with me, yeah. right? And that is yeah. still my memory to this day. I'm sometimes it's it, I remember feeling, like sad and ashamed that it it went bad. Right, mm-hmm. and I was a part of that, mm-hmm. and that we didn't get to live in this sort of like glory of it. Right, yeah. it was kind of like that was bad, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, because that's what the media was showing, right? Uh huh. It yeah. was. It didn't end with that that nice, you know, moments or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, but you know, to this day, if I watch the the video of Corn playing, mm-hmm. you know, the opening song, Blind, I mean, I I relive those moments. So you know. That, that memory is there, and I'm sure it's for, you know, 400,000 people who went. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's it's not a true story for everybody, but, like, some of these, uh, you know, quotes were saying, you know, like, the majority of people did have a good time. Yeah. And um, we're being perfectly law-abiding. No, well, no, or mainly. perfectly. Let's yeah. just use mainly. Perfectly. Perfectly <laughs> is not the right word. Perfect. Mainly. Not assaulting people, not right. being jerks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, like, uh-huh. I think I was telling Dave in a previous conversation <clears throat> Like the people who camp next to you, you know, you don't know where mm-hmm. they're from, but they become your, your best, best friends, friends. Yeah. for three days. And that's, you know, that's what happened at Eden Fest. You know, there's, you're giving high fives to people. Mm-hmm. You're just like happy to see everybody. You know, it's not like you're, you're walking around looking for you're like, like, hey, did you guys you know? get fucking get that bag of weed? Like, yeah, we did. Like, all right. Let's yeah, exactly. Let's you know, one up. what do you guys got for liquor? You know, let, let's trade, you know, let's. So there was it a is, lot. The, the, those are, there were, there were a lot of great memories of that. And, you know, I feel horrible for the people who, you know, sure, had, sure. had less fortunate experiences experiences and uh-huh. um but i think you know all the talking about it now kind of br- it, it it is a flashpoint in history um huh. and i don't it feels weird to be associated with that <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time you know almost like wow i was there you know yeah. and that's just as fate would have it you know uh-huh. and and some bad choices leading to me saying yeah let's take a credit card let's go to woodstock 99 yeah yeah. Let me quit my job at Ames. I mean, <laughs> no, no offense to any retail working, but you, it was, you know. Hey, you, you could have been up pretty high in the yeah. Ames board by now. Yeah. Like you made a mistake. I mean, I was working in the electronics department and <laughs> music. Yeah. Man, that was, that was all right. That was the place to be. So my overall consensus is this, and this is what really all of the stuff that I've watched and read really never gets talked about. To me, just as it like is is like in any other type of business. The promoters really fucked this up. They did not take into account 
all they all they saw from the beginning were dollar, dollar signs. signs yeah. They were like, they've got running water and electricity. Like those are two two massive, mm-hmm. probably the two biggest costs. Mm-hmm. If you are literally going to build sure. your own infrastructure, which most festivals have to do, they're immediately thinking. Man, that's like three million dollars that we don't have to pay. Yeah, because I'm, you know, there like, was a water tower there, maybe yeah. even two of them, you know, like. And there, and but they didn't realize sewer like, system. And then the third thing they realized, which was probably first and foremost, once they realized that like it's got a twelve foot high fence all around, like we don't have to worry about like people not paying to get in. Yeah, that was the bigger issue. But too. what they're not realizing is it is a wide open field, in the mm. middle of fucking July. In New York mm-hmm. State, which can still get fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was relentless. Yeah. And <clears throat> the first two Woodstocks had, <clears throat> especially the first one, because it was on a dairy farm, it had a pond where people bathed and yeah. know, did other things. But it had trees and like... Mm-hmm. There's more nature surrounding it. Yeah. <clears throat> Woodstock 94 was kind of the same way, like where everybody camped, not the not where the shows were taking place, but where everybody camped were like in the fucking woods. Yeah. You know, so you had... But this place and, like, where I saw the campgrounds and, like, the layout of the map, there is no shade Mm-mm. anywhere. There really wasn't. Anywhere. You know, it, it's actually pretty amazing that it could have gone <clears throat> so much worse. It actually really could have. Yeah. There could have been a Seems crowd disaster. People could have gotten freaked oh, out there by could the fires. Easily been a crowd, crowd crush. Um, one of the fires could have gotten out of control under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually, I'm not saying that the things that happened to people weren't terrible. They were all terrible. Th- all things considered. It could have actually for been For sure, it seems like it, yeah. yeah. Talking about it fully mm-hmm. and comprehensively makes you think. Yeah. And maybe really what kind of prevented that was the majority of people just being normal people. Yes. And not being right. and I, I think ridiculous and wild. And The promoters, again, they're concert promoters. Yeah. Their whole industry is make as many dollars as you can per concert. Mm -hmm. That's where their focus is. So to them, charging people four dollars for a bottle of water, like they they don't even they don't even comprehend like well what if somebody doesn't have four dollars? Sure, do do, do they do they do they just not have water? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's their but they don't think of and it's funny how that's almost like a um, a little metaphor for our. Oh, it is. Well, that's that's kind of what gets brought yeah. out a little bit in the documentary, which I agree with. Like it was just straight on greed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't yeah. mean that does not mean that what happened was okay. Right. right. What it does mean is what happened was a catalyst of said greed. It really, it really felt like, and that was you know just from my experience was the first time that. Wait, there. Somebody's allowed to charge you that much more for things just because we're here and we paid, right? And we're like a select group of people that they can do that to because we don't yeah. have any other it's choice. Called price gouging, right? And yes. Yeah, and it, I mean, honestly, yes. my as as a young man, it was you know like, I don't. This is not. This is not right. This yeah. is not right because especially the water thing was was definitely worrisome because yeah, you know we'd be like, oh, I'm going to get four for the guys, and it would be you know, twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, and then you know. I, Flash forward to like 2003 when I went to the second Bonnaroo, that place was the, was the opposite of Woodstock 99. Like things were affordable. Like mm. bottle of water was was a dollar, but there was free water everywhere that yeah. you could take. But a bottle of water was a dollar, right? And people, it's, it's not gonna break you. No, right? Yeah. It was mm. people were looking. There was shade developed for people, right? It was mm. they had fountains, water fountains where you could cool off like in a sanitary way, you mm-hmm. know. So 
I think all those mistakes were laid bare in Woodstock 99. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to think that the, the producers that have done Bonnaroo and probably Coachella really learned from those. Ex- Coachella started the same year, right. a couple of months later, in September of that year. Yeah. And because they were talking about this again at the end of the documentary, like the first thing that Coachella did, like when you showed up, they handed you two free bottles two of water. Bottles, yeah. Like, Sam please Bonner, don't yeah. pass out on us. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. And and they said they probably did that in response to, dude, it's water. Like, yeah, you can make some money off it, but ultimately, like, what's yeah? You if you want people to buy shit, the main thing is they have to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't you know, buy you can't buy something. Don't make them that. angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Then they'll just steal shit or break right. shit or. So you know, yeah. Four years later, when I went, to, you know, and Bonnaroo was about eighty thousand people when I went in 04 or 03. but you know that was only like four years removed from my Woodstock mm-hmm. experience, and it was such a refreshing to see how it it was different mm-hmm. and comfortable and you know not a ripoff and. People taking care, you know, it would, and it ended much more with, you know, what you'd want from those vibes. So, you know, a lot to learn from Woodstock '99. I mean, yeah, I think. Well, I, I think ultimately, too, people did, because at this time festivals were still like not very profitable, and well, now it really wasn't a lot of it wasn't no. mainstream thing in the United States. Either. And now that's kind of all you have for yeah. the most a part festivals. are festivals. Yeah, especially every summer. There's the, this festival, yeah. the, that festival. It's going to have these bands. Yeah. It's going to have those bands. There may have been a few of them in the 90s, like Lollapalooza or mm-hmm. yes. the Horde Festival. or you Yeah, know, something and that's like about that. it. Yeah. But now it's just like a festival is like a mainstay of, right. of you know, yeah. modern, there's, modern there's music. There's one in each state, basically, yeah. you know, at yes. some point with, yeah. with headliners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corn not playing that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that was a marathon of an episode. It was. Uh, two hours, 25 minutes at wow, the moment. That's a good one. Yes. Nice. It's a really good one. New Year's Eve megasode. Happy yes. Happy New Year. We're not going to put any hopes for 2022 no, not out really. there. No. We know better now. <laughs> it'll be what it'll be. So there we go. 2022. Fuck hope. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That, even, that was a little harsh to me, too. What about 2022? But it's It'll be... It is what it is. <laughs> it, it, it will be what it will be. <laughs> 2022. It can't get any worse, can it? Ah, let's not With a question mark. Dot, dot, dot. Not an exclamation point. A question mark. Oh, Lord. So, I would like to thank our special guest and Woodstock 99 attendee, Cousin Chad. Yeah. My brother from another mother. That's right. It was It was fun. I was glad to be here, and uh, you know, I don't know what else I can talk about uh, in future episodes if I'm ever invited back. But uh, you know, this was uh, this one was close to me, and I, I enjoyed if, the opportunity. If, if we have to do a super fun site, we'll have. To yeah, do that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do environmental <laughs> disasters. That's right. I, yeah, that's, that's right up my alley. We're not going to say where he works, but he works in that field. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, excellent. Good times, guys. Absolutely, we enjoyed having you. So this has been another... Oh, sorry. That was Woodstock 99. Electric Boogaloo. No, that would be Woodstock 99 too. Well, it was the third. So what does that make it? But it, you can still put a two in Electric Boogaloo. Okay. That was Woodstock 99 two Electric it the, Boogaloo. It was the second 90s Woodstock. Okay. <laughs> and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. And I'm Chad. We'll see you next week. <laughs>